Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Ah, finally, game two. You think we could maybe move ahead from the J.R. Smith saga? No, uh, not so no, fast. we won't. No, it's not. Good. It's not gonna happen. Uh, game. I'll tell you what. 2018 NBA Finals already lived up to more of a billing than I thought it would be. Well, what else are we gonna talk about? I mean, we could do that Peyton Manning story. I mean, that's fun. Yeah, but I, uh, that, that's you know he's retired. Like other than taking away his. I mean, he already sold his pizza franchises, so you can't even take those away from him. I mean, what are you going to do? We can't. Well, we we could talk about maybe the the Capitals taking that two one lead. We could talk about Tiger Woods in the hunt. And by the way, red I, and I, black, I, buddy, red and black. He's ready. Here's the thing: they've moved up tee times today at the Memorial, so Tiger is teeing off in a little bit. You are going to see coverage of the Memorial on TV a little bit later today, where it will already be concluded on CBS. You need something to air, so it'll be about not three hours ahead or behind schedule. Bad move. Play it live. Yeah. Do it live. It's Sunday morning. We're, <laughs> but they can't fill. That's the problem is they have that window of 3 o'clock Eastern time or 2 o'clock Eastern time that they need to fill on CBS. So, you're going to... you're gonna, Tiger's going to be done by the time you actually see him on TV. If you want to know how he's doing, listen here. We'll keep you updated. Isaac will have the latest... 
I'll be following it. We'll probably as, be screaming in the middle of a, sure. an argument. We're talking about J.R. Smith and boneheaded <laughs> plays of sports <laughs> lore as a tiger. <laughs> and then it allows you to watch the U.S. Women's Open on Fox there as well. So you could do that this afternoon. That's how we've got you covered leading into tonight's game two of the NBA Finals. And and yeah, the, the, the Peyton Mannings, are, there isn't a story that I would want to talk about less. Unless maybe, unless maybe it was Balco or the NFL and how they're handling anthem protests or what teams are going to do. Like, I am so filled to the rim with brim on those. Remember that? that brim. Yes. Yeah, nicely done. I am so. You're going to the instant coffee. I, I am <laughs> so nicely done. maxed out on that. But, hey, the NBA Finals just keeps on giving and giving and giving. Well, that's just it. It's all, all the subplots, all the layers, all the look-aheads to what decisions get made for free agency. Not just LeBron James, but the trickle-down effect for all of those who are thinking about opting out of deals, etc. I mean, how many times have you rewatched the final seconds? Go all the way back to the 34.6 and the the dumb explanation we got of why they went and reviewed that play overall between Kevin Durant and LeBron James. He's nowhere near the quote restricted area. That like that that's got to be it. Like we, I I don't mind that you go and you try to get it right, but the fact that nobody saw where his feet were and that it was nowhere close to the line mm-hmm. is to me the most asinine part. Nobody's talking about that. Right? It's it's one thing to say, "Okay, you shouldn't review this. You shouldn't overturn this because XYZ." And, and some folks say human error or whatever. I'm, I'm going right at the human error of the fact that you got three guys, the two best players on the planet are colliding, and That's... nobody sees where anybody's feet are or where they're at on the court. That, to me, is the most ridiculous part of this. You take LeBron James out of it, you take Kevin Durant out of it and put just an ordinary player, and the call goes the superstar's way. Right. But now all of a sudden you've got one and two meeting head-to-head <laughs> in the middle of the lane, and that's this is where I think, Mike, and I'm trying to I, I like to sometimes make parallels to other sports when you can. This is in and this is an an original point because it was brought up a, a lot on Thursday night when it ended up happening. But the whole process of being able to review that call, but not being able to review, say, a foul on a three point mm-hmm. shot with thirty seconds left, is is saying like we're going to review holding in the NFL, but it's only going to be for the interior lineman. Like that's like that would make zero sense. Now you're saying, well, hey, if they they got the call right because it was on the guard. Well, what about uh, the tackles, or what about the tight ends, or what about the running backs, and what about a pass interference call or a blatant hit to a quarterback's head? There's so many other things that could play into the effect right. of. What are we going to review? And, and there, it's been a t- topic of conversation in the NFL of what can be revu- reviewed as a penalty or not. That That's what just bothered me about this is it's so subjective on a charge call of how it is viewed. And I'm not saying that this was or wasn't. I didn't think it was a charge at all. I, I mean, I, I thought, thought it was a block. Yeah, it's so live, and we were on air, Yeah, Jason Smith and I, covering the game, and immediately looked it's like, that's a block. But then we ended up into a break, and by the time we come back, they've done the review and the whole thing. And it's like, okay, well, we got it right, but should they have reversed? So that between that and the J.R. Smith, that carried us. uh, We could have done nine hours of radio. And this is is why the NFL 50-yard pass interference penalties are just stupid. Right. They were – like, it was – to to have a play, and because I think that they're very similar, and you're seeing what the cost of it is – 
in this situation where it's just a possession in a tight game, where you're in the NFL and you're giving up 50 yards on a on a call that you may think is one way and I may think is another, a one guy in position, and maybe that's that's the issue that you're getting with calling penalties for pass interference in the NFL. But the point here in this case is for the NBA is it's only this situation, and that's just absurd. But now do we go through, all right, it's the two final two minutes. We're going to go to judgment calls all throughout the court. Right? Yeah. Ty Lue should just be running up to the refs. Hey, he got fouled again. Like anytime LeBron James touches the ball, he should just be oh, sure. at the scorer's <laughs> yes. table or throwing a challenge flag or whatever the hell else they're going to do to try to remedy this. You, you had what was a classic game. Obviously, the Warriors, even though they shot 50%, they were sloppy. There's a lot of problems there. The brilliance of LeBron James for the bulk of the, the game until the J.R. Smith gaffe where he checked out because he was salty at him beyond all belief. Some of the greatest memes in sports history, if you were responsible for any of them, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we thank you for taking some time with us on a Sunday morning. Dan Byer and I here on Fox Sports Sunday as well. Uh, but certainly if you contributed to the mass of here's the look on LeBron's face and, and trying to put a, a quote to it, uh, we, we had a lot of fun with those certainly on the show Thursday, and it's given us hours of content across this medium uh, for the last couple of days. But, you know, that, that overtime period, what was funny was it ended up not being defined by the stars, right? Kevin Durant and Steph Curry combined for, what, two points and one shot, and LeBron was an offer. 17-7, your final of other guys getting it done after we had the brilliance of Curry. Durant had a bad game, but still fills up the stat sheet, and obviously LeBron with his 51. I'm stuck on what just popped in my head when you were talking about uh, foul calls or challenges. How about the foul towel in the NBA? You have a towel, towel. like a big, a big, I don't know, red towel that you throw on the court. Does Myron Cope get a couple of bucks if it it works? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I'm going to say no because mine is only for the reason of rhyming. Okay. You know, like his is alliteration. Mine is just for the soul of rhyming. So instead of a challenge flag, you just have a big red bathroom towel that you would throw on the floor if you want to challenge a call in the NBA. I like that. And then you have a graphic on the screen with the scores, timeouts, and how many foul towels you have left. I like the foul towel. We can't do a giveaway, though, because people will start throwing us on the court and we'll be confused. <laughs> Maybe you have a foul towel and then a foul washcloth with it. So you get two. Like, one could do a, a big call, like, on both ends of the floor. Oh, okay, good. And then maybe the washcloth is only for an offensive call that you want to be reviewed. A full bathroom set? Yeah. Look at your solving you problems go. here on we've a got, Sunday, Dan Byer. We've got you covered, NBA. Don't worry about anything else. He is Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Let's serve up some hot takes and sausage on this first Sunday of June 2018. Our executive producer is Ryan Dennis. Our technical producer is Sam Kinsley, the wizard. How's it going, guys? Good morning to you, gentlemen. I think that that sounds a lot like a uh, a challenge flag, but a little bit more... You well, know, that's the point. Actually, yeah, that's dry that, your thanks, hands. Sam. That's the, that's that's what I was saying <laughs> with the it. redness of it. Yes, it's I like just it. like the NFL, except you just use a foul towel and have a bigger, you know, bigger version of it. Do you put it like a utility belt where they're all in holstered and then you can throw one at a time? And By the way, quick question. I'm going to go around the room because my wife thinks I'm crazy. When do you guys throw a towel in the laundry? Okay, we're, we're, 
I was a I was a single Good guy question. once. Now I'm married. A bath towel? Yeah. Like, how many days do you use the bath towel before saying like, "All right, it probably needs to be washed." D- depends how how active I've been, how filthy I've gotten myself. You know, with all the gym running and and chasing the kids and whatever. But it's we're still looking at three days. Yeah, minimum for me. <laughs> three what, four yeah. days. What, yeah. Sam, Sam. I was gonna say like three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I am a single man. All right, we'll I work on that. I'm not married. But sure, sure. Three days. Ryan, doing laundry all the time. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, I'm more on like the uh, the north of three days. More yeah. like uh, around Good, a week. But this also three, be, three to seven day span. But right. This, this also becomes a factor of do you have in house laundry. Or do you have to go to the laundromat well, or a, a or pay the, or, yeah. or, or feed the machine? So like that's going to become part of the it's psychology. Part of the dilemma, guys. I have washcloths that I wait till they're hard shell tacos. That's classic. Like, that, yes, yeah, like, light as a feather, stiff like, as a board. Yeah. All right, I've used this thing for nine straight days. I think it's about time for it to the be. The fibers washed. are wearing out on it. <laughs> yeah. you just have to throw it away at that yes, point. Yes, right? yes. All right, let's uh, let's get some hot takes and sausage where Mike and I discuss a topic. <laughs> As we hop into the dentist's office. All right. Like you said, in the dentist's office, we're uh, drilling for hot takes. I'm finding cavities in your guys' theories. <laughs> so first of all, this one is pretty simple. That was a great laugh there, Sam. Pretty. You sim- should bottle that one. Like I said, pretty simple. Kevin Durant, Brian K- Colangelo, or his wife, who had the better burner account? Let's go. Uh, let's go with Mike on this one. Who had the better burner account? Well, I mean, it, it's his Our wife, accounts. but it's still all the uh, all the information being fed by her. So uh, evidently, she's the better editor in the family. So he's got the hot takes, and she's able to condense them into 140 characters or thereabouts to get them out to the media. And that's why it's kind of funny. I heard people trying to give Colangelo a little bit of a free pass. Look, his wife's sticking up. Like, no, his wife's feeding information that he's filling around the house about guys' health, guys he doesn't like. Hey, get that one out there. You're telling me he does, he's not sitting there with a glass of wine and hanging out and just feeding that? Come on. It doesn't matter that it's not his fingers, maybe fat fingers thing so he can't have his own burner account and someone else has to do the dirty work. What were my options again? It was Durant, Colangelo, and who? Oh, it was Durant or uh, oh. Colangelo slash his wife. Okay, this is, this is, the, this is the case. I'm going to say it's worse... Because Durant actually messed up and did it on his own account. And that's part of the problem. These were complete random, may have been done by his wife. And I am in the minority of thinking, I listen, I understand that Brian Colangelo probably has to be dismissed because of this. But some of the things he said, I think, are thought of by GMs of their own teams all across the NBA. Oh, no, sure. We're like... I really don't like this guy, but I can't say anything because he's my guy. And this was done in a frame of, of the framework of you just didn't know it was him. The Jaleel Okafor physical is a different story, <laughs> but the fighting back on the it's a normal collar. Like I think that's like I think that's funny, and I get that he's not going to be trusted. But there have been worse things said about players before by I think coaches in the NBA or players in the NBA, and they figured out a way to make it work. There is so much angst with the process and Sam Hinkie and Brian Colangelo and maybe his own personality that I think this has been taken from a level three to a level nine for a lot of different reasons. Jeez, band. Nice. Well, the band got yeah. in on you. Yeah, I, I think it just uh, to follow with that, it, it's more just we're in the age of trying to parse out social media, whether it's sports or politics or whatever else, it goes to a DEF CON, even though 7% of the population's on Twitter. 
It's a very small sample size on a relative yeah. basis, but it seems to rule everybody's thought process. With Kevin Durant, it just furthers his. Well, he's he's got to he's got to just get a harder external shell and shut it off and and move on. But the the Colangelo, Colangelo thing, I, there's how many other accounts are out there? How much is said to reporters well, that never makes it? with a name attributed, and that becomes the, the genesis well, of a thousand-word article. I know Ryan needs to pick a pick a winner, but I will say this. I think that there are other GMs in the NBA that have burner accounts Oh, as I well, believe it. You know, and that no question. may have done the same thing. Heck, what Kevin Durant said about Billy Donovan in Oklahoma City really was no different than maybe what Brian Colangelo said about Markel Fultz or Joel Embiid. So, all right. Ryan, All right. Uh, well, I used to be a huge Kevin Durant fan back in the day, but it's it's this like this kind of thing and a bunch of other things that just lost me as a fan. So I'm going with Dan on this one. There you go. Spicy. You lost. He lost a fan. You just lost a customer. All right. Well, you don't like it. Don't watch. He's Mike Harvin. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Find us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. Mike, they can get you. Find me over at Swollen Dome. Just when you thought things couldn't get worse for Jr. Smith. Think again. You'll hear about it next on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. And the promise is kept. Okay, we will fulfill what we have done year in and year out. We are talking fantasy football on this program here on Fox Sports Radio as we get you set for the 2018 NFL season. It's our annual tradition to start talking fantasy football in June, and we will do that coming up in a little over an hour, so you'll want to tune in. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app at SiriusXM Channel 83, and if you miss it, you can find the show on iTunes. Just subscribe to Fox Sports Radio Weekends and download the show every week. We started off the show and saying, man, this J.R. Smith thing will never die. And part of the reason why, Mike Carmen, it isn't dying from Game 1 of the NBA Finals is because not only do we keep talking about it, so do reporters and so does Cavs guard J.R. Smith. After thinking about it a lot, the last obviously the last 24 hours or however many since the game was over, um, I can't say I was sure of anything at that point. So, no. All that, right. That was J.R. Smith looking back at his game one blunder. And this has become, it's taken on a life of its own, Mike, because we heard Ty Lue saying he didn't know the score. We're trying to read his lips to LeBron James. Then we hear... Then we hear J.R. Smith saying that he knew that they were tied. Then we hear LeBron James getting into it with Mark Schwartz during a press conference. And then it's the next day. And then now there's this explanation. It just, it doesn't die. There, There's all these tentacles on this story. If it would have just been, I messed up. I think that's where, I think, I think it ends. I think now that we'd be three days removed from it or a couple days removed from it. I don't think it has the the staying power right now as it would have if he just would have came out and said, I messed up. Well, I think we still had several days to to talk about it between these games, so it would have stayed the topic. Maybe it would have gone back on the officiating a little bit, and we'd be looking at 34.6 seconds a little more. Because that was a big story, but then J.R. Smith became a bigger story, especially when LeBron James in his Angus Young outfit took his $41,000 alligator <laughs> bag and walked through through the crowd, yeah, and then tried to intimidate Schwartz by saying, be better tomorrow, which is a great theory for all of us. Look, every day you wake up, you, you want to be better. You want to be better that day. You want to be better tomorrow. It's a great life anthem. No question about it. But 
LeBron James, I don't know that he, other than for his outfit, I don't know that he got enough derision for the way he treated Schwartz. He was asking a simple question. And that was the other part is that if LeBron didn't know what J.R. Smith had responded to, like that, that's where the, the game of telephone, because he would have still gone up and, and acted this way unless he knew how Smith had responded. Yeah, well, that's if, if J.R. Smith ends up saying, and, and I can't, and I can't remember the timeline of because J.R. Smith didn't go to the podium. Right, he was, he just was out in the, in the locker hallway. room of what happened. But if J.R. Smith at that time says, "I, I messed up. I thought we were, t- I thought we were up instead of being tied," I don't think Mark Schwartz is asking the question of LeBron James of what J.R. Smith was thinking. Well, but it's still the timing of who's wet, what yeah, and where yeah, and, and you know which guy got that quote with Smith in the hallway where they still assembled where LeBron James wasn't starting to break down what just transpired. I mean, you got you got all these timelines uh, as it goes through. But the the one thing is they had about what 10 to 15 minutes I believe it was where it was closed door after that game ended. You're telling me they didn't try to get their story straight knowing they were going to have to go to the Wolves? and go meet the media one after another, that when Ty Lue stepped to that table and got in front of the banner and all that stuff, that he wasn't going to be the, the spokesman and, and just say, hey, here, and, and own it, and, and then that's it? Because, I mean, he, what he could have done was just say, you know what, I, I tried to get a timeout. We obviously weren't on the same page. He could have taken the blame. He could have taken yeah. the bullet and get, taken JR off the hook. He didn't do it. So the fact that he didn't do that – meant to me that I, I thought that it would all in a dominoes. Yeah, we've talked it out and we're done. I will I will say this that I'm wondering if it's one of those things where everybody just thought they were on the same page and it wasn't <laughs> like it because it was so right. obvious of sure of what seemed to happen where maybe it's not even discussed and we just got crushed in overtime. How are we going to move on from this? But I just I look at it like this and the reason the it's it's going to be a play that we will never forget in sports. It it's I mean we were We've had comparisons to Chris Webber's timeout that happened 25 years ago. That's like, sad. It's still, a, this is the fresh one, though. Like all of these yes. pre social media, these big gaps. That's where I think the conversation would have gone, Mike. I don't think that we are still trying to go through the thought process of what J.R. Smith was thinking. And that's why I say I think that the story, J.R. Smith unfortunately is the one that's making this story continue sure. because it's 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 maybe lo- cover up after cover up or lie after lie if even if he didn't believe in himself if he would have just said i guess what I, I i didn't know the score then like that's it that's all that people want him to say but now he's continually asked about it and he's just giving different answers to give this story even more life than it already had. Guy trying to get past the knucklehead tag that's been labeled and thrown on him since his day. I mean, you saw the New York media, how quickly they jumped on oh, that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And, and the back page and, you know, boneheaded Smith and all these other things. Who shot, not yeah. JR. Well, yeah. but, yeah, but yeah. that's the other thing is that for all, all these years, I mean, we're talking a decade in the league, it's been nothing but JR with no conscience about shooting and then now he's remembered for the shot he didn't take or the timeout he didn't take. And that's the other part is, you know, to a degree, Lou and, and LeBron James have gotten a free pass about not quarterbacking this team properly and making sure, you know, we always talk about in the NFL, down, distance, clock management, all that stuff. Same thing here is that you're going to the free throw line, and great, Hill's a, an 80% free throw shooter. 
that you don't have a, a plan for a miss is ludicrous. Well, I, I do think this. I think that Kevin Durant of anybody on that miss probably did the most damage control for J.R. Smith in saying, I know I didn't get the rebound, but I was in a pretty good position to get a bl- to block the sure. shot on him. Well, and J.R. Smith made sure to point that out. He yeah. had four. I wasn't going to be five. It's yeah. Like, yeah. All right. So maybe you try to get a, get into his body. I mean, you're going to lose that superstar call going back to what we discussed a little bit earlier, most likely. But just seems you're you're a bunny hop from well, the basket. <laughs> well, the, the point as well, and I put this up on Twitter on Thursday night, and I encourage you to go look at my Twitter feed at Dan Byer on Fox. You can check Mike out over at Swollen Dome. I put a video up of what Clay Thompson did in those final seconds. And if you watch, Clay Thompson ends up picking up J.R. Smith as he's dribbling through the lane. Mm-hmm. Clay leaves J.R. Smith, who has the basketball. And Clay ends up running to LeBron James, who doesn't have the basketball. (laughs) And so much was made of, hey, why didn't J.R. Smith end up throwing it to a wide-open LeBron James in a still photo? But if you end up watching the video, you see the trail and you see the guys leave. So not only that, J.R. Smith actually was open at about 15 feet to turn around and hit a jumper if he wanted that separation. There was a lot that went on in those four or five seconds. But it's just J.R. Smith had had the ability – to let this thing, it wouldn't die, but it would have. I, I truly think it would have taken a different route. This is what the, these finals are going to be remembered, unless it goes Game Seven and LeBron scores sixty points in Game Seven. This is this is what it's going to be remembered for. We don't even LeBron having fifty one, not even a blip on what we've talked about. No, the last between two days. all the officiating and the J.R. Smith play and go on and on and no, there's there's nothing. Uh, Le- LeBron James, that was an ice game, and. It, I had several people reference, like, look, man, I'm from Ohio and talking about the greatness of the games. Like, he scored 50 and lost, and then they got all sad on me. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. You can switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. Tiger Woods admitted something this week that shows things will never be like they once were. That admission comes up after Isaac Lowenkron gives us the latest on what's happening on this first Sunday in June. Hello, Isaac. Hello, Dan and Michael. Good morning. Let's start with Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final Saturday night as Washington Capitals future Hall of Famer Alex Ovechkin played the first Stanley Cup Final home game of his 13-year career and made it count. Now for the high slot and a shot tipped by Carlson as Flurry went down and inexplicably tried to play it and now lose for Carlson. He scores! Alex Ovechkin on the rebound on a goal mouth scramble! Ironically, I had the goal mouth scramble for breakfast this morning. How about that? <laughs> John Walton to call a WFED as the Capitals went on to defeat the Vegas Golden Knights 3-1 for a 2-1 series lead. In golf, Bryson DeChambeau has a one-shot lead going to the final round of the Memorial. He'll tee off today at 12.30 Eastern. Tiger Woods five shots back after a four under 68 on Saturday. Tiger tees off at 12.10 Eastern. At the U.S. Women's Open, Aria Jatanagarn has the lead after three rounds. Final round coverage begins at 2 Eastern today on Fox. Hey, great news. There's a quick way you can save money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. Finally, tonight at 8 Eastern, it's Game 2 of the NBA Finals with Warriors guard Klay Thompson listed as questionable with a high left ankle sprain. Andre Iguodala doubtful with a left leg injury. Dan and Michael. Thank you very much, Isaac. And Isaac, I just want to give you a heads up. They moved up tee times. Tiger has teed off. 
So Tiger actually oh. has a bird yeah, because of their storms in the area. That's what's going to be tricky if you're watching yes. golf on CBS today because it's going to be tape delayed when you're watching it. But they're actually teeing off a little bit early. Yeah, of I just in the air. thanks for the heads so. up. I just saw he birdied the first hole, so he's now go. four All shots right. back of Bryson DeChambeau. Off and running is Tiger Woods, but the storms in the area, and of course, U.S. Women's Open on Fox today is area. Jatanner Garn tries to capture the championship at Shoal Creek. You'll see it again coming up two o'clock Eastern time on Fox. He is Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. That was Isaac Lowen Cronus. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800 947 Auto. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. So Tiger is off and running with a birdie on his first hole of the day, and he's been magnificent at the memorial this week, at least on the front nine. Tiger's been really good on the first nine holes. The second nine have, have given him a little bit to, you know, left a little to desire, if you will, Mike. We saw a, a quick fade, right? Yes. There, was, there was a lot of momentum and certainly social media, other than J.R. Smith and LeBron James memes uh, and, and pictures of how much a pair of shorts cost if you want to pair it with your suit. Uh, Tiger Woods became a trending topic for a brief period of positivity, and then it became an, oh, the slide. Yeah, it's, uh, tied for, for the lead at 11 under par, ends up bogeying two out of the last three holes yesterday to fall five shots back of the lead. But when you shoot 67 and then follow it up with a 68, there's a lot of positivity and there's a lot of excitement, as there should be, Mike, especially when we are now less than two weeks away from the second major of the year in the U.S. Open. But I want to just – I this has to be mentioned, and you have to listen to Tiger Woods tell you himself why things are going to be different this time around in this comeback than of the Tiger Woods before. This was Tiger Woods after his round of 72 on Thursday at the Memorial. I have days like that, you know, it's just, you know, my back is fused. And it's, I'm going to have days where it's just tight. And uh, unfortunately, today was one of those days, and that's eh, all right. You know, I, I don't have any pain, thank God. Uh, it's just tight. Um, so, no biggie. I think Tiger can win again, Mike, and and I think that he can win a major again, which is something that I did not think a year ago. But this is the point of Tiger Woods talking about how he could just wake up one morning and his back not be in great shape, and that takes – there has never been in Tiger's 14 majors never been a time where it was really left up to chance. It was either Tiger making the shot, Tiger hitting the drive, but now, at 42 years old, following four back procedures, that is leaving it up to chance. And that is what I think is so is going to be so difficult for him to get that major that we want him to win because now he may have a, a 54-hole lead at a major, but if you wake up on the wrong side of the bed Sunday morning and that back isn't loosened up, there's nothing that you can do. And I think that could be the thing that holds Tiger Woods back from winning a major again. And nothing has humanized Tiger Woods more. We've had a lot of discussions of different parts of his life off the the course, but the fact that he could wake up with a bad back as a mid-40s man myself, I understand sure. those feelings where you reach for a sock and suddenly your uh, injury that you <laughs> yes. suffered a decade ago suddenly yeah. is problematic or your hamstring doesn't feel right or whatever the case may be. So for Tiger Woods, I mean, that – and that's been the discussion, I, I think, uh, that you and I have had through this whole process, Dan, is that, you know, mentally, 
strong mentally. And, yes. and, and But even here, just admitting it, you know, there's a little bit of the crack saying, hey, you know, the body does what it does. And, and being honest to that, I think, is the nice part of the evolution of Tiger Woods. And, and we've seen a little bit since he was he was started doing press at, for his own event early this year, a little different side, a little more forthcoming, a little more willing to laugh at the world and with himself that seems that, that we've got from, from Tiger Woods going forward. But trying to get through four days. You can get a day. Yes. You might get two days. But trying to make sure you get through all four, I, it's a tough proposition, particularly because not only is he playing himself, Right, that you for all those years he was battling himself. Whatever we wanted to do of of, of the guys yep. behind him, yep. he was battling himself. But now he's got a scoreboard watch when he is playing well. Like it's a it's a d- different psychology, I think, in terms of a he's not going to be the guy running away and hiding on a course, correct? But also he in the middle of the pack. Now he's thinking about what his back is doing. He's thinking about the drive and the extra torque and whatever else as he gets deeper into rounds because he knows he's fighting against guys 15 to 20 years his junior. He was able to fight back, and one of the problems that he had with the tight back on Thursday, he also started on the 10th tee as he had Friday starts on one, but on Thursday of the round, he'll start on the back nine. It's given him trouble to do that with a tight back. Mm -hmm. Explains why he was three over par on the two par fives on the on the second nine, and then got things going on the front nine. He knows Muirfield. uh, He knows Muirfield Village where the memorial is being played. He can get around that track and and hit certain clubs and be fine. And I think that he'll be fine at Shinnecock. He's been hitting a lot of driving irons this week, just trying to keep it into the fairway. Driver has been iffy at a bad drive yesterday on 15. All of that is, you could talk about the 72, you could talk about the 67, you could talk about the 68, but it still goes back to the back. And that is what is different. And it's, you mentioned it. I, I thought, I think I pulled a rib muscle sneezing because I was laying awkwardly on the couch. And for two weeks, as a guy in his 40s, that was an issue. And I'm like, Man, you know, like, why didn't I just sit up and sneeze? You know, why was I so lazy to lay down? And obviously, Tiger's in much better physical condition than I am. Wrong, Dan Meyer. <laughs> no, that you is, know what? You both woke up today. I'm not trying to compare myself to Tiger Woods, but what I am trying to say is that the things that you could do at 27 and 28 and not have to worry about when you're on top of the world playing golf, different than when you're now 42 years old. There's more. There are more things that come into it. 67 and 68 these last two days has been great to watch, and it has been great for Tiger Woods. But now as he's trying to chase major number 15 and trying to win again after these procedures, the back is the wild card. Ask Fred Couples. Ask any other players who are dealing with backs. Tiger never had a wild card. Tiger was always the best, and if his A game was there or his B-plus game was there, he was probably going to win. As he said, he was competing against himself a lot of those times. Not anymore. You know, if he even shoots 67 on, on Thursday... He's tied for the lead. There's 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 a group of guys that are around him that are going to try to chase him, and in this case, you know what? It cost him some shots, but it's a it's a different animal now, and that back I think is going to cause some troubles. Two quick things: one to switch sports, and then I'll take it back to the everyman. That's fine. So switch sports. You, you look at baseball and Clayton Kershaw now the back mm-hmm. injury that popped up in the past, and and that red flag is always there. He comes back off one injury, and what happens? Right back onto the disabled list. So you don't know how long a leash you've got before that comes and, and, and something else befalls you. Now, for the everyman comparison, it's the obvious 
rallying after going out on a Friday or a Saturday night. Whether you drank or you didn't, if you're running on short sleep, eventually the body starts to hate you. Mm-hmm. And all sorts of physical ailments follow out. I, you know, I've run on a short sleep schedule for many, many years. And eventually the body betrays you. And it starts to leak into other things. And, and that's, that's the other part. As you get a bit older, you, you don't recover the same way that you used to. Having another extra cup of coffee isn't going to solve any of those problems. So for Tiger Woods, as you know, he's looking at the calendar, right? that as much as he's looking at everything else, saying, you know, what's my timeline and how, how long do I have to work this out? And mentally might be in the best frame of mind. It takes one, one hitch in the giddy up and everything falls apart. We know how good Tiger can be on Sundays and we've seen him in his career, especially if he has a lead at, at a major that's going to be the question. It's no longer as, hey, could Tiger continue to play as well as he does? It's going to be, I just hope he wakes up well and the back doesn't lock up overnight. <laughs> like, that is a new storyline, and that's the whole point of talking Get about Get a camera, camera in his yeah. uh, bed. How does he wake up? Does yeah, he have a that, smile on his then, face, or is he grimacing? You know, this isn't this isn't to to temper anyone's expectations about Tiger. This isn't to, to discredit what he's doing. In fact, we're giving him, I think, even more credit to see what he's been able to do in rallying from from that tight back that he had on Thursday. But this is always going to be there the rest of his career, and it kind of went under the radar, wasn't talked about as much, especially after he shot 67 on Friday and 68 yesterday. But this is always now going to be there for Tiger Woods with those back procedures, and it's something to watch as he tries to get major number 15. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. The Washington Capitals put one on ice last night. We'll explain next here on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. Tiger Woods prowling the course at the Memorial. Early start times today because of storms in the Columbus, Ohio area later today. So they're going to get the final round in. Playing in threesomes. Getting... The guy's out on the course a little bit earlier, so golf is underway, and the U.S. Women's Open wraps up at Shoal Creek in Alabama. You'll see it on Fox coming up at 2 o'clock Eastern time. Perhaps there should be a different term when three golfers are on the course together, Dan. I'll leave it right there Trio. on a Sunday, listen, uh, Sunday morning. Listen, there are, some, there are some terms in the world, okay, that have taken a change for whether it be social media or other, you know, other reasons, other applications, that, as it were, that could be another one. That could be another one. Um, we'll just leave it at that. That's How it. That, that that's all I was doing. I was just laying it up on the tee, and I was walking away. I clapped my hands, and I was going back behind the ropes. Dan, you were going back behind the ropes to listen to the one and only Isaac Lowenkron to keep you up to date of what was happening. While you were sleeping. Good morning, Isaac. Morning, Dan and Michael. Busy evening last night. Let's begin with Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. It was between the Washington Capitals and the Vegas Golden Knights, and it featured a pterodactyl. Now to two-on-one. Coming is Beagle. He's got Kuznetsov with a Beagle to Kuzi along the right circle. A shot. He scores! He gives him the pterodactyl as he goes to the corner. Kuznetsov from Beagle. 7 10 to go in the second. It's 2 nothing. Washington. John Walton, the call on WFED. That would be the game winner. Caps defeat the Vegas Golden Knights 3 1. Washington, two wins away from the first Stanley Cup title in the 43 year history of the franchise. This goal brought to you by Jurassic World, opening June 26th. Perfect. How about that? Perfect. Sponsored goals. I look at what happened to J.R. Smith in game one, 
and Braden Holtby's game in save two or saving game two. And really they they aren't comparable. Like Holtby's save is that should be the legendary. Like when the Caps if the Caps go on to win the Stanley Cup, I don't want to jinx because I know their fan base is thinking that. Yeah, and you're oh, you're getting all those people salty holding those five hundred to one tickets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the the, the Caps fans too are like, okay, we're up two one. We still will figure out a way to blow this. But the fact is, that is going to be the of of the plays that happened this week. I think that is the most that is the the most important play that we've seen. It's just not the most important one that we talk about. No, that's that's it. The Cinderella story of. The, the Golden Knights and everything that's gone out with that. We've seen all the things about the active tickets and the exposure for Las Vegas, which is an interesting angle, but certainly the way the city's gravitated to them. A team that, at, after the expansion draft, assumed it would be sold off for spare parts come the trade deadline, but you get the goalie that you're able to ride because of a convergence of events that leaves Fleury available, and, and you have that. But the Holtby save is one. I, I saw the flip book. That was made, the digital flipbook <laughs of it, which that. was fantastic. So the, as many memes as we got out of LeBron James and J.R. Smith, we were doing that the other night on air. Jason and I were just watching the Holtby save repeatedly on a loop, just watching the extension, watching how it worked. Of course, Jason immediately went back to playing roller hockey or something, saying, you got to go top shelf. you got to go for the Gatorade bottle. Why are you hitting it there? I'm like, really? Really? The, the puck was coming, standing straight up. At him. He got as good a wood on it as he could. Also, while you were sleeping last night, and as it turned out, technically early this morning, the Cubs and Mets were tied at one in the top of the 14th inning. Now the 2-0. Elmora drives one toward right center field. In the gap. That's going to be a base hit. Up against the wall. One run is in. Schwarber around third. Being waved to the plate. The throw. The slide. He scores. Cubs lead 3-1. to one. Pat Hughes, the call on 670, the score. The Cubs were not done yet. They wound up scoring six times in the top half of the 14th inning for a 7-1 victory. But get this, guys. They won despite striking out 24 times. Game lasted four hours and 53 minutes. Did not end until 12.08 Eastern time this morning. Surprise, surprise that the Mets wasted a... Another outing by Jacob DeGrom. Mm-hmm. I needed those five points for my fantasy baseball team, too, Dan. Crushing I, I, me. I will say this. Strike out all you want. Whenever I went to a ballpark when I was a kid, what what did I leave wanting to say? Oh, guess what? Robin Yount hit a home run. That's what I wanted. You, Harold Baines, went guard. Give me Greg okay. Luzinski, Kittle, the whole, whole nine yards. Exactly. I am all for the strikeouts and home runs. I cannot believe that we are th- – like, this is all that we've wanted in baseball. I never left the game saying, man, Jim Gantner was good today with those two single, singles and doubles. Down <laughs> Did you see that line. bunt? Wow, yeah. he perfectly – that squeeze play, ex- excellent execution. And, oh, hey, it, it, the, the Mets night wasn't bad enough. The Todd Frazier – Oh, uh, the yeah, giveaway! Yeah, the, yeah, the was giveaway not was not up to quality. The the quality that the Mets was it the pullover was that? Yeah, it was, it was? A, it was a, a pullover. Just amazing. The Todd father, terrible he, stuff. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Could Kevin Durant's next move be out of the Bay Area? We'll tell you next. Rolling along on this Sunday as Tiger Woods tries to get some traction in the final round of the Memorial, often walking, if you will. 
We'll see if he can track down the leaders in the final round at Jack's course just outside of Columbus, Ohio. And, of course, tonight, 8 o'clock Eastern time, it's Game 2 of the NBA Finals. Cavs and Warriors in Oakland. Warriors, once again, a double-digit favorite after winning Game 1 in overtime on Thursday. I was a bit surprised by the Vegas line of the Warriors having a, I believe at game time it was 12-and-a-half on Thursday now it's 11 and a half Golden State being the favorite. But I will say this, Mike, if recent history has anything to do with it, the Warriors and Cavs, when they've played the last couple of finals in Oakland in the first two games, take 2015 out of the equation when the Cavs actually won and they played a couple mm-hmm. of overtime games. Even in the year that Cleveland won the title, they were blown out. The The, the Warriors have won-handedly in the last five games games of one and two of the NBA Finals when they've played in Oakland. I have a sense that that is what is going to happen tonight. That's the big fear here, right, is that you gave them your best effort. You had your puncher's chance is the way it was described going into this series, right? Prohibitive favorites were the Warriors. They had a puncher's chance. You had a, a, a sweet convergence of a lot of things. The monster game from LeBron James, subpar performance from Kevin Durant, some stretches where the Warriors were just cold as ice. Obviously, you had the Steph Curry run at the end of the second quarter into the three-point shot where J.R. Smith misplayed the the ball and, and gave him a, a, an open look. Granted, it's still a, a long-distance three, but gets you tied to halftime. You just go on down the line. Clay Thompson hobbled by the J.R. Smith. See, it's all J.R. Smith. It really well, just keeps coming back and, to him. But he wasn't moving well. Draymond wasn't great, even if the numbers looked good at the end. You got decent contributions from the bench, quote-unquote, uh, and the, from Cleveland side of things. But you, you had your shot. That was your shot. And now it's how do you rally? One more thing on the J.R. Smith thing. It's now be called, it's going to be called you pull the J.R. Smith yeah. when you don't know the score. And I remember like Larry Walker, I think, threw a ball into the stands when he, there was only one out. Sure. Back in the day. Like it's I vaguely remember it. But now whenever anybody doesn't know a score, it's going to be referred to as J.R. Smith. Well, knowing the number of outs in baseball, I mean, we've got tons of guys. That oh, yeah. that used to be uh, routine for Sammy Sosa. It's still a problem for Yasiel Puig with some regularity uh, here. <laughs> and, and it happens to a you lot of guys. What? It happens to a lot of guys with strikes and balls yeah. and strikes counts where they start walking to the dugouts like, you only got two, come back. <laughs> it was also routine to see it then Sunday night on George Michael's sports machine in the place yes! of the Yes. Yes. That's there what you, you would go. say. I didn't know they had two outs. Wow, you love, got the sports love machine. Love the George Michael sports machine. Oh, that thing. That show was was. Tremendous! I what a I know I'm going off on a different path here. No, but that's brilliant. A tremendous! Show, I like a tremendous that. show. Did you have the Warriors in a sweep in the series? I had them in six. Okay, in actually, six. I had them in six. I thought the the Cavs would steal one, and they had their shot. Yeah, <laughs> like, and and that's now the the question of how do you how do you recover from that? And as much as we try to play in the psychology, because again, Le- LeBron James is going to do his thing, but certainly he was disinterested and salty. I still, in my head, as we were on air, Jason and I, uh, on Thursday, was the question of, was he thinking of giving him a rock bottom? Was he going to Bill Goldberg him and, and send him in six feet underneath <laughs> the the wooden floor? I mean, all those finishing moves of wrestling legends going through just the look on LeBron James' face 
after the the J.R. Smith gap, and he was disinterested in overtime. And when he's taken out of the game mentally and isn't the same aggressive player and isn't trying to take over, that that doesn't bode well for your series. I think we should learn some stuff that we've seen from the Houston Rockets series that just because Golden State won this, it may not be a runaway again. We I. I thought the Western Conference Finals were over yeah. when Golden State won game one in Houston. Oh, it's going to do the right. Well, they shot 56%, did Harden and Chris yeah. Paul combined. It's like, well, if yeah. they're going to play that well and still get blown out, then how does it work? And then strange convergence of circumstances got us to where we did. And there was, an, uh, there was a, a piece done, and I am now kicking myself because I needed to give credit. Not that I was taking their idea. There was a similar idea on this. And I know you guys have touched on it as well, but it's been Kevin Durant as of late. If J.R. Smith doesn't have his blunder and George Hill misses the free throw, we are wondering what is going on with Kevin Durant. Disappearing and, acts late yes, in games or yes. just inefficiency, sure. And this is this, Mike, I think is a perfect time. And over the next couple of weeks, it's a it's it's the time to talk about it. It isn't necessarily after the season, it's as it's going. And I know the Warriors can still win an NBA title and maybe Durant will go back to back and Maybe he'll win finals MVP. But the point being, when he left Oklahoma City, these were the things that we pointed to as saying, look, if you win, you aren't going to get the credit, the same amount of credit as you will getting the blame when you lose. And even in a win, Mike, of game one in overtime, Kevin Durant is still receiving that blame. And that comes with the territory. And for a guy who's going to be out there in free agency this year, and maybe there's a little undercurrent of maybe things not going smoothly, as as least we've seen in their last couple of minutes of who's going to shoot what and who's going to do this and that. This Kevin Durant is kind of getting what we all thought he would get when he left Gold, uh, Oklahoma City for Golden State. Well, and, and we know based on the Mr. Unreliable headline from the Oklahoma City paper a couple of years ago, he and his family don't respond well. you got the burner Twitter accounts. you got all that stuff. And to to his and, and what the NBA is doing in terms of mental health and, and all of that, and Kevin Durant's talked about that. You, you try to put it in its proper frames and and understand where he's coming from. Uh, that you're you're also looking at, at a guy that doesn't take criticism well. And Steph Curry got it for a bit, but now he's back on the Steph Curry is this you know superhero. Type mm-hmm. type trajectory. People are writing those columns again off of a couple of great games and in good shooting games. Now that he's rediscovering his stroke and and Durant, you know, go go to that Steve Kerr clip that made the rounds where he was talking about Jordan and Phil Jackson and whatever else. He hasn't played well since that talk. Even the rest of that game it seemed more instead of reacting naturally. He was thinking through what he was supposed to be doing on an offensive set as opposed to just playing his game, and that seems to have, have carried through. I know Kevin Durant was brought to the Bay Area for a lot of reasons or went to the Bay Area for a lot of reasons. The tech business, we talked about that a couple sure. of weeks ago on how the investments outside of basketball are luring guys to want to be Golden State Warriors. But if he left Golden State, imagine how amazing the NBA would be. If he goes... I don't know if you could go back to Oklahoma City. You'd probably only be paying four guys. But well, Paul George about, isn't going to be yeah. there, so it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be out yeah. here in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, Russ, you got Melo, you got Steven Adams. I mean, there's – but, yeah, the, the point is, is if he went anywhere else, he went to – figure out a way to go to D.C. Like, the NBA would – it would be 
the greatest thing to happen to the NBA since LeBron's decision. You mean we could have a fourth or fifth team that can compete, Dan? Oh, it would be magnificent. It would be magnificent if he ended up leaving. The likelihood of that happening, happening I don't think is great, but I think maybe it's as we see this finals play out, we have to take the temperature this week and next week to see how it plays out for Kevin Durant. You're saying there's a chance. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer, coming to you live for the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Let's serve it up again. Some hot takes and sausage with our executive producer, Ryan Dennis, and our technical producer, Sam Kinsley, the wizard, Iowa Sam. How's it going, guys? We're doing well, as always, cruising here through another Sunday morning. Yeah, let's morning. pick it up. I know it's kind of like Come on, let's get back. the energy let's going. Go. Let's go. Come on. Yes. All right. We're in the dentist This office. is not the slide over baby hour on a Friday <laughs> night. <laughs> yeah, well, it might be with this story here. So Ben Simmons and Kendall Jenner have been quietly dating reportedly. So by the way of the Kardashian Yay. curse, Ben Simmons' quality playing days are now over. R.I.P. <laughs> the real question for you guys is, do you believe in this so-called Kardashian curse, and are superstitions real, or are they just in everyone's head? We'll go with uh, Dan on this one. I am, listen, off. I'm going to say this. I am going to say I don't believe in it. You want to know why? Because she's not a Kardashian. Yes, 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 she is. Sure. Under the umbrella of the television show, she is under that umbrella. However, she is not a Kardashian. She is a Jenner. And so I am going to say, no, I don't believe in it. It seemed, I don't know when her and Blake Griffin stopped dating, but I don't think it had as much of an effect on Blake as maybe others. So I am going to say Kendall Jenner is immune because she's not a Kardashian. Weakened legs, Dan. Susceptible to injury. Go back, watch Rocky, listen to Mickey. He'll tell you all about training. Uh, But... Look, statistically, we're not there yet. We're only at 11 or 12 cases. I need 30 for my sample size to be statistically valid. See, there, there I'm going back to school, guys. Back to school. So uh, he can be, he be the next, but I don't know that she's going to be the thing that would be the impe- impediment to him developing a jump shot. <laughs> That's more on his on-court efforts than any exploits off it. But the idea of superstition, certainly we know athletes in every – Every turn, look at them. Hell, we were talking about towels before and what we do in our own. Not that it's a superstition. That might just be laziness. We were talking about how soon do you launder your towels? Like how many days do you shower with it? Yeah, I'm going to put that up as a poll question at Swollen Dome, at Dan Byer on Fox, at Fox Sports Radio. But in terms of Kardashian curses, no, you're you're still your own grown-ass man. (laughs) Go do your work. Oh, and here comes the band. You know, you make a good point, Mike Harmon. It shouldn't be who you're dating. You're a professional athlete. Get it together and go out there and perform. So, you, Mike, I got to give it to you on that one. Oh, we're even at one apiece. I thought I could get him on the technicality. I like Perfect. that. Thing. That was a good angle. The fact is, I actually, of, of what I know of the crew, isn't Kendall Jenner the most normal? Isn't that like? Wouldn't? Am I right? Can I get any help? I don't know. I don't know. Bill Belichick. I'm going to say know. sure, on, <laughs> on a relative basis. Maybe. No, maybe Courtney was is is the another level headed one. There's no normalcy with this. These people. There is. Well, no, here's okay. the problem: yeah. is Cor- no routine. Courtney no keeps going in and out normal. with the disick guy. 
I, I know this tangentially. Yeah. I know JT and, and Looney talk about it and Pop Looney sometimes, so it kind of feeds into the ear. Uh, but certainly you, oh. you've got uh, a, a enough that has gone through the sporting world. But it's, it's but, so weird, though. I mean, there's three and a half billion women on the planet, and, you know, it just keeps cycling through. The fact of the matter is, is we have had two hot takes in sausage, and they've both centered around the Sixers. Interesting enough, Dennis, interesting enough, the Philadelphia 76ers, we were ready to, others were ready to crown champions a month ago. Now we're talking about all of the drama that sur- surrounds Philadelphia. He's- I really just thought you were going to say it was all about him. No. And his teams and, <laughs> and his city and everything. Uh, no, that's he, part he, of that it. he's that's, trying to just yeah. have a water cooler conversation with us instead of actually going is, to the sticking water cooler. <laughs> is TJ McConnell the next Jason Kidd? Hot takes and sausage coming up in an hour. Nah. He's, my, <laughs> he's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Company Alive for the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. You can always listen to the show on the iHeartRadio app and Sirius XM Channel 83. Find us on Twitter. Get Mike at Swollen Dome. I am at Dan Beyer on Fox. Do the Cavaliers have any gas left in the tank after Game 1's disappointment? We'll answer that question next on Fox Sports Sunday. So you're telling me there's a chance. Fox Sports Sunday. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. Glad to have you with us. We talked about it last week. Crazy to think, but I'm using air quotes. Summer is here. I know it's not officially summer, but last week with Memorial Day weekend, the unofficial start to summer, a lot of summer activities. I know your kid's still in school. Three more weeks, Dan. But many others getting that uh, that that exit this past week and ready to start the summer. I just want to give a nod to all the parents, guardians, grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, everybody who filled auditoriums this weekend, and will do so for the next couple of weeks as your child goes through dance recitals. I was there with you in spirit and in in body yesterday, mind and fully immersed as my daughter for four hours, danced across the stage a couple of times, and all the work-throughs and the run-throughs and the hundreds of parents shuttling in and out uh, and across this great land. I know you're all doing the same thing, so uh, I salute you. Hopefully you had a very strong cup of coffee, as I did. couple of programming notes I just want to tell you about. Coming up in 10 minutes, we start our fantasy, the Summer of Fantasy Football. Summer of Fantasy! We, we dive into the rookies, so you're not going to want to miss that. That's in 10 minutes. Tiger Woods is on the course because they moved up tee times at the Memorial he is 10 under par, four shots back of the lead, one under on his round today through four. They're going to end up having to tape delay the, the some of the coverage on CBS. However, it is live right now, which is a change that we've never seen before on the Golf Channel. And today on Fox, U.S. Women's Open, final round, coverage starting at 2 o'clock Eastern time. I mentioned school, and why not go to one of your former uh, yeah, buddy. classmates? Why not? Covering the NBA for the Sporting News, our good friend Sean Devaney joins us again here on Fox Sports Sunday. Morning, Sean. How you doing? Good morning, guys. How are you? Oh, we are dandy. Mike Dominating. Thank you. What's going on, buddy? <laughs> Not much. Hi, Mike. How are you? <laughs> buddy, buddy how, do they, uh, how does everybody recover from game one? I mean, now that we've had three days of uh, Sabruder film and reviews and <laughs> rule book reading and all that, I know you had to go back and, and read your copy again. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I think the guy that I'm probably worried about is George Hill. You know, I'm not worried about J.R. Smith. We know what he did, but we also know that uh, uh, that that that, that J.R. 
has no conscience, so I'm not worried. He's not going <laughs> to. He did not lose any sleep over whatever happened at the end of game one. I think George Hill though is 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 going to really uh, carry that into game two. So I'm interested to see how how he plays. Um, I thought on the other side, one thing that got overlooked when I when I rewatched the game was was just how well Draymond Green played. I know you know you've got uh, uh, what happened at the end of the game, and 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 he gets under everybody's skin, but he actually played pretty well, and 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 he hasn't always done that in the. Final finals uh you know 13 points 11 rebounds nine assists he had five steals and he made two pretty big three-pointers one with about five minutes to go with uh uh when when the cavaliers had been on a pretty good run had raced erased a uh uh a seven-point lead and then the other was sort of the dagger that put them up 10 in overtime uh that that pretty much ended the game with about a minute and a half to go so uh you know those are the two things that uh that that I'm looking at uh, heading into game 2 is is Draymond on one hand and 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 George Hill on the other I really did want to look ahead but you brought up Draymond Green and I do have to ask you this question because Friday the 2 minute report came out and there was a lane violation on the George Hill free throw by Draymond Green so much was talked about the Durant LeBron review Sean do you feel that should have been called at that time by the referees on the lane violation you know, I can count on my hand the number of times they call lane violations. Yeah, uh, you know, they just they don't call it, and and so um, you know, obviously, if you're going to do that, if you're going to call it, then you have to call it consistently during the season. You have to call it consistently during a game, uh, and they don't do that, and 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 so. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd hate to be in a situation where you say, okay, well, now these free throws are important, so we're going to start, we're, we're going to pay attention to it on this. They never call it. And so, I, I don't know. I think, uh, uh, obviously, he, he committed the violation, but, you know, there's no consistency in how they call that. So, I, I, I would have, uh, it would have been really weird if they blew a whistle for, for a lane violation on that one. Well, here's your two minute review letter of apology. You can hang it on the wall as, as your yeah, consolation I, prize. And just make sure it's not an auto pen from Adam Silver. I want him to actually put pen to paper uh, when it's all said and done. But we we do get into the point of of review, Sean, in in the 34.6 seconds left in the Durant, LeBron James, superstar on superstar crime, uh, I think as Dan Beyer uh, coined it a little bit earlier <laughs> in terms of review and, and who's going to get the call. Uh, I don't think anybody would have seen that LeBron James gets the losing end of it in, in terms of that discussion. But but even opening that can of worms seems to be something for the NBA, a difficult proposition going forward. You know, I'm, I mean, just if you just kind of step back, uh, everything gets heightened on this stage, sure. and 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 so you know, you get these, uh, uh, you get all these calls that uh, are pretty routine, and and then sometimes they miss, and sometimes they get them. Uh, that that happen all the time, and and you know, I have always thought that the two minute report creates more problems than it solves. You know, I think I think that, that when the league does that, you wind up with two things. Either one, it's going to point out incorrect calls and people are going to say, see, you know, they're, they're, they, they got it wrong. Or they're going to have calls that they rule as correct and people are going to say, oh, they're, they're covering, that wasn't correct, they're covering up their track. So it's, it's really a no-win situation right, for them. Sure. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't even know, uh, uh, if I were them, I would stop the two-minute report altogether. John Devaney, writer for the Sporting News covering the NBA, joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday, and also Mike Harmon's former uh, 
colleague, or I should say college floor mate. Was that? Yeah, the- I mean, we did a lot of That's yelling. Right. We watched a lot of NBA games as a group, screamed at each other a lot. Uh, my Chicago accent was a little thicker uh, back <laughs> my then. Boston so- ac- my Boston accent was thicker then, too. <laughs> no, but, but that's just it, Sean. I don't know that anybody else could understand the two of us as we were yelling at each other, but it worked out all right. Well, the yelling is the, per- right. it's the perfect segue, because how much does the yelling and shoving match between Tristan Thompson and Draymond Green carry over tonight into game two? Well, you know, I mean, that, that, there was a lot of talk about that yesterday, and and, and Draymond had, uh, as he always does, some some good quotes about, you know, uh, I could meet him on the streets and, and, and things like that. Um, and 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 you know, look, it's it's you have to expect it. This is the fourth time these guys have met, obviously, uh, in the in the finals on this stage. So uh, so there's going to be some tension sort of built in. Uh, but I thought, you know, I thought that uh, uh, that 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 what Draymond did was. Uh, was good for for the Warriors. I thought that you know that was a team. If you look at that game one, they did not play like the Warriors. They did not play with a lot of fire. Uh, they, they 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 played a little bored. They played almost like they just expected the, uh, a run that that was going to blow the Cavs away. Uh, so you know, br- bringing a little bit of uh, uh, a little bit of tension, a little bit of that intensity into it, uh, I think that, that that's something that's probably going to benefit the Warriors uh, because uh, because they didn't play with a whole lot of that. Uh, in uh, over the course of game one. Well, that's it, Sean. Coming into the series, we called it the puncher's chance, and it looked like they, they did their best, did, did the Cavaliers, to, to try to hit that knockout blow, and they still come up short. How do they respond for game two? Yeah, you know, it's 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 interesting because there's obviously there's two ways you can go with that, right? You can uh, go back. I go back to the Toronto uh, Cavaliers series, the conference semifinals. Toronto in Game One uh, had Cleveland at the end. They were down one point and they missed about like three or four bunnies uh, right at the end. And Valanciunas kept tapping and the, and the ball just didn't go in. Uh, and uh, and and they lost that game. And they come back in Game Two and they just got hammered the rest of the series. You know, they 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 just sort of they lost that game and they laid down. Uh, and I'm curious to see if that's what happened to Cleveland or, or, or if they kind of look at this and say, we were so close, we can get there again. Let's, let's just kind of follow the same pattern. Uh, I, I'm curious to see whether, whether, whether Cleveland goes with uh, uh, column A or column B in terms of how they respond. How does it play out tonight, Sean Devaney? You know, I, I think Cleveland does respond well, and I think it is a tight game, but I think, you know, they're, they're going to have the same problem that they had in game one, and that is that there's just too much to guard with Golden State. There really is. And, and so I think the Warriors wind up uh, uh, winning, you know, probably comfortably in the end, like we saw in game one. You know, it might be 10 points, but it'll be a much better game than that. Find him on Twitter, at Sean Devaney, writer for the, for the Sporting News, covering the NBA and the NBA Finals, and Mike Harmon's old buddy from his college days. Thanks, Long Sean. We tenure. appreciate it. Be good, brother. All right. Thanks, guys. See you, Sean. All right. The fact is, is we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. This series may only go five games. But if all five games are competitive, I'm cool with it. Sign me up. Absolutely. I'd rather watch that than seven games of blowouts and not have any drama whatsoever. No, that's it. And, And this game got sloppy at points, and LeBron James had his monster performance. We didn't even ask about how you follow up a 51 point performance. Like he did, because you know he's he's looking at it's all legacy play in a lot of what his mind mindset is, and and certainly we'll we'll be watching to see the um, red carpet arrival to see if he goes with the shorts again. Is it a different alligator bag? I mean, what what the ensemble <laughs> is? But the the fact is that you know his effort. It's just the question of what shows up around him. 
I think you are going to see LeBron continue to dominate because he has to for them to have a chance. And with Andre Iguodala out, he's going to have the ability to do that for however long Andre Iguodala is out. Clay Thompson's ankle is something also that we haven't brought up right? as playing, much. Playing good defense, doing all the little things yeah. that he's done throughout the playoffs. That could open up a window. And Yeah, it's something, it's something to watch just for the simple fact of Throughout the playoff run of the Warriors, and even before they met the Rockets, but maybe going into that series, we wondered, well, geez, if Steph isn't fully healthy, how is that going to affect them? Now, all of a sudden, you've got the Iguodala injury, which you didn't expect because it happened in the Western Finals, and now you've got this sprained left ankle for Clay Thompson, which could be an issue. Something to watch. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. You can always reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox, and you can find Mike at Swollen Dome and weigh in on our poll that we are wondering, if you're a guy, how often do you wash your bath towels? Oh, you don't have to just yeah. be a guy. Yeah. Okay. I, no, no, oh, no. It's oh. men and women. It's like All right. how, however you get after it in your laundry pursuits, please. Sorry, please I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to exclude the ladies, and I didn't mean to exclude Isaac Lohenkron on this conversation, but maybe he can fill us in. How often, Isaac, do you wash your bathroom towel? <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> We replace them when they're condemned by the local board of health. <laughs> Nicely uh, done. What happens? Let's uh, gracefully segue away from my hygiene habits <laughs> and fill you in on the final round of the Memorial. We've got a four-way tie for the lead right now at 14-under between Kyle Stanley, Patrick Cantley, Bryson DeChambeau, and Joaquin Neiman. Hello, Neiman. Tiger Woods currently four shots back at 10 under, but moments from now, we'll have a birdie putt coming up on the fifth hole. If he makes it, he'll move to 11 under par overall, three shots off the lead. At the U.S. Women's Open, Aria Jatanagarn has the lead after three rounds. Final round coverage begins today at 2 Eastern on Fox. In Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final Saturday night. Washington looking to clear as Beagle is knocked down and a puck to Marcia show to nobody and it'll leave the zone and that's it! Good morning, good afternoon, and good night Vegas! Washington is two wins away from the Stanley Cup! They defeat the Knights! 3-1! to one. John Walton, the call on WFED. Tonight at 8 Eastern, Game 2 of the NBA Finals with Warriors guard Klay Thompson listed as questionable with a high left ankle sprain. Tiger Woods over his birdie putt and has just made it on the fifth hole, so now he moves to 11 under par. Overall, three shots behind the four-way tie for the lead. I will throw in the towel on this report and send it back to Dan and Michael. I will say this. I just voted on the poll that Mike put up at Swollen Dome, and I will just say this. I am in the majority right now of how long do you take between laundering your bath towels. I am in the, the most popular category according to the current poll results. You can vote as well at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I plan on carrying on a yearly tradition, Mike Harmon, this week. That would be purchasing my college football and NFL preview magazines. And I also plan on continuing a tradition with you right now. It is our summer of fantasy football as we launch here 
on Fox Sports Sunday. Mike Harmon throughout each and every NFL season gives you the answers, the info you need to be successful in your fantasy football league. But we aren't just helping you weeks 1 through 17. We are helping you leading up to your draft to figure out who your keepers are, to figure out what guys you should target in your drafts, all that and a whole lot more. As today, Mike Harmon, we start off with, hey, why not? Let's talk about the guys who are just coming into the NFL, the rookies in 2018 in the National Football League. We know about the guys atop the draft, Baker Mayfield and Saquon Barkley, the top two picks offensive guys. But there can be value in many different rounds, correct? I mean, correct, we've Amundo. seen it with Kareem Hunt. We've seen it with Tariq Cohen. Uh, most recently, you know, rookie running backs who have excelled and Alvin Kamara, the Saints. A lot of value outside of the first couple of picks in the NFL draft, and that's why we have you here to sort it all out. Well, as we get things rolling here, you, you, we're in mini camps and OTAs and everybody having a little bit of fun and certainly a lot of eyes off in New England on Tom Brady, not working out with the team, but still around and throwing near Gillette. Question of whether maybe he's recovering from an injury or surgery. Uh, some drama that'll play in uh, as we get deeper into this offseason. But why don't we get started with the fantasy world? I'm going to go right to the, to the jump with Ronald Jones in Tampa Bay. They're moving on from the muscle hamster. Look, he can't come and get me. Actually, he can't. But the, the fact is they, they need a pass catcher. They need a guy who can make big plays. You've got Jacquez Rogers, but you've got Ronald Jones will have an opportunity here. Another make or break it year, perhaps, for Jameis Winston. You're going to look for more out of Brayton Howard, the two tight ends, but certainly trying to get that run game and the explosiveness back. 6.1 yards per carry uh, at USC. 14 catches. That's the thing they worked on him a lot this offseason and certainly heading into the combine was – Can he catch the ball consistently out of the backfield? If he can, he becomes a boom proposition later in drafts. How about Royce Freeman in Denver? Mm. 5'11", fire plug out of Oregon. Another guy, huge yards per carry, big play, and can run between the tackles, but also uh, a number of receptions. He's been shown durability, about 250 carries per year during his collegiate career, but also the fact that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. You'll see a, a recurring theme here in terms of how we're looking at our running backs because you mentioned Alvin Kamara. He's a guy that many yeah. are looking at as a top three, maybe a number one in PPR leagues, particularly with Mark Ingram missing the first four weeks of the season. How about DJ Moore in Carolina as we have Cam Newton trying to find himself a top-notch receiver? you got Torrey Smith, you got Samuel, you've got Devin Funches. You don't have a guy that's the obvious number one there. Torrey Smith, solid player, but not the the number one uh, prototypical, I guess, as it were, which means opportunities for more to slide in. I know Greg Olson signed his deal, stayed out of the television booth for another year, so still remains a big play opportunist for them. I know that Barkley carries all the flash, and well, look, let me say this. Where do you think Saquon Barkley ends up going amongst the running backs in in a fantasy draft? Because I think, Mike, that he is going to be a top 10 pick that people are going to want to jump on early because of, not just because of him, but because of Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott in the rookies that we've seen. I I, I think that Barkley ends up being overvalued. So when you talk about the guys that you did, 
not only is it getting value with those guys, it's maybe avoiding taking Saquon Barkley too early in your draft. Yeah, I'm not running up to grab him. There's there's still enough concern for me against better opposition in his collegiate career. Now, granted, they stack the box, and, and you can talk about defensive schemes being designed specifically to go grab him. Same thing here. I, I don't know how good that Giants offensive line is. I, I'm excited to see all those skill position players come back off injury uh, and to see if that balance can be can be established. But you talk about Dallas, you look at what their offensive line play was the star. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott was great, but Darren McFadden was a thousand yard back. And Darren McFadden's nowhere near, at least from a sure. physical talent, the same guy as Ezekiel Elliott. He still ran for a, a thousand yards. I also see guys like. Like I like Devontae Freeman, for example. I feel much better with Devontae Freeman than Saquon Barkley. No, exactly. I mean, the, the name recognition, the sexiness, the newness, yeah. it's all going to factor into making him a pick a little higher than he should be. Hey, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. Two more for you right. to round out the list. Number one, Rashad Penny will look at your Seattle Seahawks. Again, trying to figure out the offensive line, but also you're just trying to find more playmakers for Russell Wilson, keeping it out of his hands to where he's not the primary ball carrier in situations. Keep him healthy and find a guy he can fling it to and make big plays as a receiver. The, the Brandon Marshall signing, by the way, his downfield blocking is something to do with him being in Seattle. I I, I know other people want to downplay that yep. and say, oh, that's not the reason. or um, It may not be the top reason, but I guarantee it's in the top three. That was one of the biggest things for him and Alshon Jeffrey in Chicago when they were there. They were as good a blockers as they ever were yep. receivers uh, in that scheme. And finally, uh, I'll stay with the hometown Bears, and I'll look to Anthony Miller as I, I coined it long ago that the, the Bears offense was going to try as best they could to resemble uh, the growth of what you saw with the the Rams. And that seemed to have taken mm-hmm. some, some got some legs and started to pick up across – the media landscape. Uh, you, you look at what they, they're starting to build there with Nagy uh, and Trubisky under center. Miller is going to play a role. You've got Taylor Gabriel. You brought in Allen Robinson coming off his injury. But with Miller, you've got a guy 20, what, 900, uh, 2,900 yards over the last two years, 191 receptions, 32 touchdowns. He will be used early and often. And any guy that writes a piece for the Players Tribune saying, look, I'm the best wide receiver in this draft, and you know it, uh, is all good by me. Ronald Jones, Royce Freeman, Rashad Penny, Anthony Miller, and DJ Moore, your running backs and wide receivers that are rookies, the target in your fantasy draft. Carmen. He is Mike Carmen on Fox Sports Sunday. I'm Dan Beyer, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Coming up next, we tell you why some NBA teams would want to trade places with one of the worst franchises in the association. We'll explain next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer, and the the votes are coming in at a feverish pace. Go to Swollen Dome on Twitter. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox, but if you go to Swollen Dome, you can see the poll that we discussed on the show, and it comes down to the fact of washing your bathroom towel. How often do you do it? As a single guy, it, it started out with, Really, how many quarters do you want to use 
are the jeans more important? Are the uh, sweaty shirts and underwear more important than maybe a bath towel? And I think it carries over in time. In fact, we've gotten some response. Mike Whitfield says five days max for him. Well, that would fall into the four to actually that would fall into the three to five category that you had. There is a four to seven category as well, which I think is. I'll admit that's where I was. I was a four to seven guy. Bit of the overlap there, certainly, but you know, trying to figure out what those ranges are, and you know, sometimes it's just cheaper to go buy uh, another set of underwear and extend the streak. <laughs> There's. There could be somebody who's a four to five day, but they may be more apt to go a week than to just go three days. Sam Kinsley, our technical producer. Uh, what's uh, my category uh, falling into right now? I'm the, the three plus weeks washing your towel at that point. Well, but- I only have it to a second week, and the second <laughs> week coming in at 19%. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, yeah, so one can- to two days, 15%, three to five days, 23 that four to seven. Kind of figuring you go through a work week and then you have a little bit of time at your disposal on a weekend maybe. Uh, that, that's at 43%, currently the leader in the clubhouse. And then the second week is at 19%. If I extended to the third week, I'd be a little frightened at the results, so I didn't want to go that far. So. And does anybody here not know what I mean by hard shell taco washcloth? Is anybody you understand, well, Sam? No, right? that crustiness yeah. to another level. Well, but you <laughs> use the washcloth, you let it sit on your the rack yes. or something, you know, and it becomes the shape of the rack. Yes, yeah, yes, it, hardens, it, yeah. yeah. And then by day six, because you've used it so often, you have and to then eat it's it. dried like up. A yeah. It's got its perfect form. Hey, we're all the same here. That's why we're family. Yeah, it's time to there play the go. few, the Fox family. Mike Harmon, Sam Kinsley, Ryan Dennis, Isaac Lohenkron make up the Fox family. I hinted about some NBA teams wanting to be like a bad NBA franchise. Well, there's a reason because top six answers are on the board, fellas. And this is specific as, of course, it's NBA Finals related. Name the teams that have been to exactly two NBA Finals in their team history. I will give you a hint on this to to help you sort it out. All but one have been in my lifetime. So, meaning the finals appearances have been between 1977 and right now. All but one of those teams has been between that time frame. Easy enough. You guys follow? Three strikes and a pass available. Let's start with Mike Harmon. Does that include... uh Seattle and the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> well, you get one in each. That <laughs> does not. There are carryovers of franchises, so it does. So that would be all one franchise, all right. if you will. All one. Wow, this exactly is a, this two is, this is NBA Finals appearances. Uh the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic. We know they went with Shaq, and then a few years back against Kobe and the Lakers. Do the Magic appear? Yes, they yeah. do. Diesel. Diesel. Those two finals appearances as we go over to Ryan Dennis, our executive producer. Uh, yeah, this this is a tough one. Um, let me go with the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets. They the had their, Planet Houston. They had their two NBA Finals championships in the mid-90s. When Jordan took that? time off, buddy. No, oh. of course they... Faced the Rock or the Celtics a couple of times in the 1980s. Let's go to Sam Kinsley, our technical producer. Uh, I could be way off on this, but I know they got one in the 70s and uh, just one. So I'm going to guess the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks. Knicks. The New York Knicks. Is it a chip off the old Knicker block? 
No, the Knickerbockers not on the list. They're a storied franchise, Sam. Two strikes, pass still available. Let's go over to Isaac Lohenkron. In the words of Hot Rod Hundley, stuck to the balloon. Oh, I like that little sweet tune of jazz music. There it is, the Utah Jazz. It is key, guys, to think of, I don't know, current times, maybe at least uh, in our lifetime. Over to Mike Harmon. Great news. There's a quick way you can save money. You can switch to Geico and play the feud with us. Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. How about the Phoenix Suns? Oh, does the sun rise for us? It sure does. Just two for the Phoenix Suns, of course, in 1993 with Charles Barkley leading the team. Over to Ryan Dennis. There is still a pass available. I think I might have to go with the pass on this one. All right, and the pass reveals the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks, yo. The Milwaukee Bucks are there, two appearances. Sam, it's all up to you to keep the game alive. Ah, let's go with the Trailblazers. Oh, the Portland Trailblazers. I think we're blazing a trail to Loserville. Oh! 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 The Dallas Mavericks. And the Nets! The Nets! Nets, yo. It is Fox Sports Sunday as we await Game 2 of the NBA Finals, 8 o'clock Eastern time tonight. Cavs and Warriors with Golden State hosting Game 2, up one game to none in the best of seven series. Excited to see tonight. And while I do, I just think that, and recent history has failed me a lot as of late, Mike Harmon, but when I see the Cavs and Warriors, at least in 2016 and 2017, and I see how Golden State really had a had a fairly easy time in those first two games in Oakland, I just I think that game one carries over and it's difficult for the Cavs to recalibrate. That may be giving Golden State too much credit and the Cavs not enough, but I just I, I like Golden State big in game two tonight. No, and that's it. You you look at all the heroics of LeBron James, trying to figure out the proper term because we've used so many of them to describe what he did in that last game. Now we can talk all we want about how does your team leader not have them ready to call a timeout, game situations, and everything else. And that's certainly been one of the talking points flowing out of that final minute of regulation and overtime the other night. But you you look at the 51 points, the all-around effort that he had, And the fact that the Warriors shot 51% and the Cavaliers were still in the game. right? There's a number of things that pile up. And obviously, Klay Thompson's injury, we'll see his availability and and how well he's able to play if he does give it a go. No Iguodala still out for the Warriors, which means more of LeBron James. But just from those secondary parts, you know, how much of a, a game do you get? Are they still deflated? Professionals, you think, bounce back. And, and effort, but also, you know, Steph Curry used the it's a feeling out process, which is kind of funny, right? Because that's normally the LeBron James line after game one of a series where he's mm-hmm. not quite fully immersed and engaged for a full 48 as he surveys the scene. Seems like Steph Curry was throwing a little bit of shade with that comment to say, well, all right, well, we got this one. And they know they got lucky, but then now it becomes the how does Cleveland answered the bell for round two, and I've got to think that the Warriors give you a much better, more consistent effort. I will fully admit that I'm already wrong about the series. Even though I still could be right in saying the Warriors win in five games, I didn't think that the Cavaliers had a shot in game one. I figured that 
even though they had did have an extra day of rest, you still had the travel. Cleveland, let's be frank, has not been good on the road in these playoffs. <laughs> Until right. Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals when they won in Boston, even when they got one in Indiana, they were still blown out in a Game 6 in that series when they could have closed things out against the Pacers. Um, I, I understand the Raptors win, but there have been, I think there's enough evidence to say the, the Cavaliers on the road at times have uh, left a lot to be desired. Struggling. Yeah. So when I saw games one and two, I thought that the Warriors would win them. I I said Warriors by nine in game one. It ended up being a 10-point win in, in overtime, but really was much closer. But I just think that they, they win in double digits. I didn't think that the Cavaliers would be taking them to overtime. So they've already proved me wrong in that aspect. But your point about how well Golden State shot it, Cleveland didn't shoot it that well from behind the arc in game one. That's another thing right. to add to the to, to, to your points. I just all, even with all that being said, I just like Golden State tonight in, in winning by double digits. And and then I like the Cavs actually going back home and winning game three coming up on Wednesday. Well, it's fun because we get into the curiosity, right? Neither team shot particularly well from behind the arc and, and a lot of a lot of the spotlight for game two is going to be fixed squarely on the shoulders of Kevin Durant as well because you've got to move away from the J.R. Smith play eventually and get back onto the court, and he would be the one superstar, if we're going to talk about the the name players in this series, who did not have a good game. Right? Yeah. He, yes, he got the charge call at 36.4. He said all the right things, whatever else, but and knew the rule and talked about it and whatever else. But the, the fact is, the other players, even Draymond Green, where there were parts offensively where it didn't fit, but... As we talked with Sean Devaney a little bit earlier, you go back and watch the tape and you have some sequences and what seemed like extraneous threes became, well, much necessary, <laughs> much needed threes. And certainly he was one of the factors in the overtime period to get them to victory as they scored, uh, outscored the Cavaliers 17-7 with little to no contribution at least in terms of points from Curry and Durant. It's amazing when you start when you start peeling the layers back from a game that we were so surprised that the Cavs were in when we see how it played out and how things could play out of of how much and and listen, there was there was a decent amount of people who felt that the Cavs had a chance in this series. I didn't see a lot of people picking the Cavs. No, to win nobody. This I don't think anybody picked them. Yeah, but there were a but, lot of ah, you yeah, got a you got a shot. Yeah, and now you throw in a bum ankle for Clay Thompson, maybe he just was playing on adrenaline or maybe they, they did something in the back when he went into the locker room, but that is going to be a storyline. Andre Godala doubtful to, to return from his knee contusion. You've got the big four with the Golden State Warriors playing 40-plus minutes in that game one. Nobody else except Looney having more than 20 in that game. So there's there's a lot at least that that that, that can maybe point to some warts with the Warriors or, or things going well for the Cavaliers. I just... I'm just still sticking with the stance of I like Golden State by double digits. No, it just comes down down to this. You hope you get a good, a good game. I mean, really, yeah. when when it's all said and done, because you had a ten point finish, a lot of people salty because they had the Cavs plus nine and a half for the second half. Uh, so a ten point loss was, you know, heartbreaking. Uh, for their bank accounts, the free th- the free throws, the foul of how that all played out. I wondered how many free throws they were going to end up shooting at the end because there was the flagrant right. and, 
And uh, I didn't know if there was a shooting foul with that, how it was all going to play out. Uh, the over-under was affected by George Hill's missed free throw as well and J.R. Smith's decision to to do what he did. Over-under on uh, Rod Hood's uh, minutes today. <laughs> well, he did get in the scorebook because they put him in at the end of the, that 2.6 seconds. I'm going to say it, it is a DNP for Rodney. Look Hill's at that, a DNP. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live for the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Did not play could be the status for Rodney Hood, but we are playing with some hot takes and sausage in a tight one here on Fox Sports Sunday. Mike Harmon won. Me won. Ryan Dennis serves up the final topic for us to discuss, he's our executive producer. Rob Flores is now our technical producer. What's happening, fellas? Woo, here we go. Okay, I know you guys, you know, I know the first two topics were Sixers related. Yes, they were. What do we got? Some Carson Wentz coming up? What's happening? I, I, it's a little related, but I don't <laughs> care, okay? Right. I don't care. Here we go. Whether it be Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, or even former Patriots players like Cassius Marsh or Danny Amendola. There's been a lot of scrutiny of the quote-unquote Patriot way in the last several months. Are we even hearing about any of this talk if the Patriots beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl this year? I, I mean, it's hard to argue with six titles in the last two decades if New England comes up with the win. Uh, so this time, we'll start back with Mike again. The, the answer is no. I mean, it's always going to be chatter and it's always out there. It's just exacerbated by the loss. We, we've had this com- conversation for how many years of guys leaving and saying, oh, I'm happier. It's a freer-flowing kind of camp. And, and we get all that in training camp about how much different coaches are and their philosophies or whatever. But you, you have it magnified by you're also looking at Bill Belichick a, a little bit sternly and, and cross-eyed off of the Malcolm Butler decision. So that stands out. So it there, it's the wishing, wanting, hoping that there are cracks in what has been a two-decade-long, you know, armored vehicle for for lack of a better term. That Brinks truck was solid, and now you know a band of Merriman's coming in, and they've cracked the the locks, and they've gotten their way in. Much like in San Antonio, where all of a sudden with Kawhi Leonard, it became a delicious story of wow, he's not getting along with everybody, so it becomes a much bigger deal. The losing locker room. As Ben Maller says, and I, I agree, it's always more interesting there. Right? The, the guys that are winning, whatever. You smile and, and, and whatever the warts are, you put a Band-Aid on and you can say, all right, we covered it up, we're all good. You lose, all of a sudden everybody's got something to say. Everybody that's left town has, has their parting shot, including a bunch of guys that until this story broke, nobody even knew they had a Wikipedia page, let alone they were members of the Patriots. I think that this story... Oh, the, the band oh, almost I, yeah. got you. They almost got you, Mike. Did Carmen. you see how I, I I gave him a, a most muscular pose on the way out? <laughs> oh, that was close. All right, I think that this, even if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, this is an issue because it stems from Tom Brady and the discord that we saw between Bill Belichick, or that was reported on, and Tom Brady and his trainer, and that's where all of this starts from. It's not a matter of winning and losing; it's a matter of. How easy is it to get along with Bill Belichick and what they do? Because Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are at odds. That's where I think this all starts. It didn't matter if they would have beaten the Eagles in the Super Bowl or not. It's because of that friction. And to be honest, 
there are guys that can play for some coaches and guys who can't play for others. That that is that is nothing new in the National Football League. So to hear there are certain guys that can't play for Bill Belichick, that's no different than maybe a guy who can't play for Andy Reid or a guy who can't play for Jay Gruden or a guy that can't play for John Gruden. I mean, there's there's Jay Gruden. There's, the only guy that can't play for him is Kirk Cousins. What are you talking <laughs> hey, about? There you go. See, perfect <laughs> fit. But he can play for Mike Zimmer in Minnesota, and it's no problem. This just all stems from Tom Brady and the reported friction between him and Bill Belichick, and that's why now you're hearing more about the people and players not dealing with the Patriot way. All right. Well, I personally think that if you know if the Patriots get beat here. I, I think I'm a little bit more on Mike's side here where you're not hearing about this because it's it's the sixth title at this point and the Eagles were able to prove this year that you can win a Super Bowl, win a championship, and still have fun doing it. But if they don't, then it's six titles. How else are you supposed to win the Super Bowl? It's got to be the Patriot way. What's the difference between six Super Bowls and five? Like Realistically, it's like what's the difference between – Ten million dollars and fifteen million. Well, putting putting know? a ring on the second uh, second hand, uh, and, and then well, <laughs> that's that's the question. Ten and fifteen, uh, yeah. another house. You know, I mean well, that's. I mean, well, the other the other thing, like the Steelers are the only other team that, or the the one team that has six Super Bowls, but they did it over a span of decades yeah. versus you know two. But I just I I think that there are enough people that believe. I just think that the I, it's got. I, I uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to agree to disagree on this because I think it is solely from and and Mike brought up the Malcolm Butler benching I think that was a part of it but that only becomes a bigger deal because of the the Alex Guerrero Tom Brady T, uh, Rob Gronkowski TB12 method against <laughs> Bill Belichick no that's that, what that fight is absolutely fascinating. I still want to know who all the twelve people were that suddenly decided to talk out of turn when nobody had done so. For two decades, still claiming it's one or two people with a bunch of different voices, maybe making funny voices like the voiceover actors here in Hollywood. But either way, it's a report that got out and certainly rankled a lot, a lot of people. Mike gets a win in hot takes and sausage just because the Eagles win the Super Bowl. No, I'm just kidding, Brian. <laughs> See, it all comes kidding. back to the all comes back Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Goes, all, all comes back to Philadelphia. Mike's the winner today. You still have time to weigh in on our poll question. How long do you take before you wash your bathroom that's as, as simple as it is. We usually don't have a poll question, if you will. We might Mike, start, though, Mike because of this. I <laughs> put it up at Swollen Dome. And again, I, I mentioned the the washcloth hard shell taco after six days. And Mike Whitfield, who tweeted in earlier saying he was a five-day guy, says that his washcloths eventually become horseshoes for the backyard. That's what happens when you don't wash it for eight straight days. They become rock solid, and it's like even when wet, the washcloth is like sandpaper. It, even there's there's just something about it. That's when you say, all right, I'm done. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. So are the Cavaliers done after dropping game one of the NBA Finals? We'll dive into that more next year on Fox Sports Sunday. Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. Game two of the NBA Finals at 8 o'clock Eastern time. An update on Tiger Woods as he is underway in his final round at the Memorial. Tiger currently tied for ninth. Two under on his round through seven holes. He's at 11 under par and four shots back of the lead. Something to just 
watch this afternoon, or we'll keep you updated as as this will be end up being on CBS tape delay, but we can tell you what happened now. And if you want to watch Fox and the U.S. Women's Open, go right ahead, 2 o'clock Eastern time and uh, at Shoal Creek in Alabama as they wrap up the U.S. Women's Open. So a big day for golf here on June 3rd of 2018. But, Dan, you're spoiling it for all those people that wanted to watch Tiger and think it was live. How dare you? They could put on Tiger from 2013 and people would watch. Like you, They wouldn't know the difference except they'd be like, wow, KJ Choi and Jim Furyk are right on his tail. <laughs> like, And then you'd be like, wait a second, there's something that's not right here. That'd be the only thing that would be different but it would still bring in people to watch Tiger Woods. It's fun stuff, though, because we finally get back on the court tonight with Game 2 of the NBA Finals. We've got a hotly contested Stanley Cup Final, two games to one. Ovechkin and his 600-plus career goals trying to break through. Lots of people looking for the Vladimir Putin ties to everything, and will he be riding shirtless on a horse at some point in this series? The over-under Set. No, I, not everything has odds. Mm. Uh, well, maybe that does. I'm not sure. And then tomorrow we've got Serena Williams versus Maria Sharapova, which has the a, a little bit of, of the, the glamour t- and, and eyeballs to it just based on what Serena Williams has gone through, uh, the birth of, of her child and, and all the physical uh, one coming back off that in general, but to the details of, of labor and, and the birth and all. So, you know, as, as, a, as dad of two, uh, certainly watching – that rebound is is an interesting thing, you know, talking to legacy plays as we do so often with LeBron James, and we're watching Tiger Woods try to claw back here with the U.S. Open just around the corner. We'll talk about a little U.S. Open here in, a, in about 10 minutes, Dan. But, you know, just all of those big convergences of superstars in a weekend. There's a convergence of superstars in the Bay Area for Game 2 of the NBA Finals tonight. Cavs and Warriors again, 8 o'clock Eastern time with the Warriors up one game to none. Earlier on the show... We spoke with Sean Devaney, who covers the NBA for the Sporting News, was also Mike Harmon's floor mate when they were both at school at Northwestern. We used to fight all the time. <laughs> no, we wasted a lot of hours playing video games. Well, there, there was at least a fight in game one between Draymond Green and Tristan Thompson. Yes. We asked Sean about that scuffle and how and if it would carry over into tonight's game two. Well, you know, I mean, that, that, there's a lot of talk about that yesterday, and and, and Draymond had, uh, as he always does, some some good quotes about, you know, uh, I can meet him on the streets and and, and things like that. Um, and 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 you know, look, it's it's you have to expect it. This is the fourth time these guys have met, obviously, uh, in the in the finals on this stage. So uh, so there's going to be some tension sort of built in. Uh, but I thought, you know, I thought that uh, that, that that what Draymond did was. Uh, was good for for the Warriors. I thought that you know that was a team. If you look at that game one, they did not play like the Warriors. They did not play with a lot of fire. Uh, they, they 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 played a little bored. They played almost like they just expected the, uh, a run that that was going to blow the Cavs away. Uh, so you know, br- bringing a little bit of uh, a little bit of tension, a little bit of that intensity into it. Uh, I think that, that that's something that's probably going to benefit the Warriors uh, because uh, because they didn't play with a whole lot of that. Uh, in uh, over the course of game one. There are a couple of different ways I want to go with Draymond Green, but the first one I'll just do the immediate, Mike, for the simple fact of I actually think that Tristan Thompson doing what he did in an effort to maybe spark Draymond, who has been known to react to things or do his own things, I thought if you're the Cavaliers and you have two suspensions of one being Tristan Thompson and one being Draymond Green, yeah, I'll do that trade. 
to get Draymond Green out of a out of a game of the NBA Finals? Absolutely. So I see like Tristan Thompson's reaction to that scuffle in game two or game one of being almost somewhat strategic to see if he could get Draymond to react even more, which I, I, I don't think that was maybe Tristan's main goal of it, but it could have been something beneficial to the to the Cavaliers, but to the point that Sean made is Draymond was able to hold it off and now maybe gave his team an edge or some sort of chip on their shoulder going into game two. Get a little bit of a fight. It gave us one more angle uh, to come off of angles upon angles. This is one of those many-sided uh, polygons if we were to go back into our seventh grade math. Lot, sorry, my kids are still finishing <laughs> school, Dan. Uh, the, the fact is that you, you have Draymond Green, always potentially combustible, but one of the great agitators that we've ever known oh, yeah. in, in our sporting world. He should go to the Hall of Fame just for that. Uh, they, Tristan Thompson, maybe on the other side, sensing the lifelessness. I mean, there were a, a lifeless body in the overtime period after the J.R. Smith gaffe, right, from LeBron James all the way on down. There wasn't much going on in that five minutes of overtime. They knew they were done as soon as they – they started that overtime period. So maybe Tristan Thompson at least sounding the alarm so guys had to react and be involved again. When we played the feud, we went back and we tried to play or guess the the teams that appear in the NBA Finals twice. And as you look back over 10 years and 20 years and you're thinking back to teams, you're also thinking back to personalities. And, Mike, I think in 10 years from now, we are going to look back and be laughing at what Draymond Green did in the 2018 finals. We are going to laugh. Remember when he was dancing in front of, like, now because you're in the moment, Cavs fans want it so much, your your opinion on Draymond is emotionally driven. I think when you separate it for a few years, I think, listen, you're a guy who grew up in Chicago. Bulls-Pistons was such a heated, hated rivalry, and then the Pistons with their lack of respect to the Bulls when the Bulls ended up kind of taking the baton from them. But the fact of the matter is, is I even think you look at back at some of the Pistons stuff when they were bad boys and be like, oh, Bill Ambeer, oh, Rick Mahorn, remember those were the days. I think that's exactly what you're going to get from Draymond Green 10 years from now. Well, I think a lot of it is, you know, we were talking about it off air, you know, being being in Chicago and, and growing up and, and watching that, that Bulls run, right, six and eight and the Jordan retirement and all the rumor, conjecture, speculation and everything else uh, before the next retirement and then the next retirement. But the, the <laughs> fact is that you you always have your guys and those guys you like, right? Dennis Rodman, the story – that, that's been out is when Phil Jackson brought him to Chicago, he had to go apologize for a hard fall to Scott that he'd had on Pippen years before. They had to get that out of the way and move forward. But Rodman became your guy. right? You always appreciated what you did, but, he, but you hated him. Likewise, you know, being a, a White Sox fan, when A.J. Brzezinski was playing for the, the Twins, he was a dirty, no-good, so-and-so, trying to figure out every angle by which to agitate people and get an edge. Game to... The White Sox, that was my guy. Against the Angels, again, that whole World Series run, whatever. A.J. Pruszynski can do no wrong. And, you know, you look at just the change in the age of social media, how quickly the Warriors went from being everybody's darling. And this is before Durant showed up. Mm-hmm. They were already on the decline in terms of being everybody's darling to I'm tired of this team before Durant set foot in San Francisco and Oakland. And now 
certainly be via social media. We've got memes of these guys up and the videos out there in a matter of seconds after a play. So it's easy for them to become hated. So as you distance yourself from it, it's like, wow, look at those, how crazy it was when it really wasn't. Yeah. It's just, they were yep. a little different than the rest of the game and they gave it. A, and that was how they made their impact on a game. Yeah. I think that the Rodman example is, is good. Even looking back now, maybe we laugh at this or laugh at that, whatever he was doing in his career. I even look at a guy like Larry Bird, Larry Bird. If you were a fan of the NBA and weren't a Celtics fan, there's a pretty good chance that you couldn't stand Larry Bird right. in the 80s. And then all of a sudden, now Larry Legend, outside of it, now everybody appreciates it. Everybody says, man, Bird was a bad, you know, like. Well, but now you, you get know, all the little clips of the trash talking and guys are yeah. writing their books or whatever they're doing, having their memories, you know, uh, of what was yeah. like to play them. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go shoot from right there and I'm going to score on you on this next possession. Or whatever the case may be. I think you're going to get the same thing with Draymond Green. Maybe you'll hear more stories. You'll hear this and that. But as time goes on, I think that you'll actually look back and and laugh and enjoy what Draymond Green is doing right now, even though it's driving so many people nuts. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming up next, if you think the golf's best players are putting in the most work for the upcoming U.S. Open, You'd be sadly mistaken. We'll tell you why after Isaac Lohenkron gives us the latest of what's happening on a busy golf day. Hello, Isaac. Hello, Dan. Glad there was no segue there. Speaking of sadly mistaken, here's Isaac Lohenkron. <laughs> Appreciate you uh, avoiding that. <laughs> we begin with the final round of the Memorial and a three-way tie for the lead as we speak between Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Cantley, and Kyle Stanley at 15 under par overall. Tiger Woods, four shots off the lead. He is at 11 under par overall today. He is two under through eight holes. At the U.S. Women's Open, Aria Jatanagarn has the lead after three rounds. Final round coverage begins today at 2 p.m. Eastern on Fox. On Saturday night in Game 3 of the Stanley Cup Final. Washington looking to clear as Beagle is knocked down. And a puck to Marcia Soda. Nobody. And it'll leave the zone. And that's it. Good morning. Good afternoon. And good night, Vegas. Washington is two wins away from the Stanley Cup. They defeat the Knights. Three to one. John Walton, the call on WFED tonight at 8 Eastern. It's game two of the NBA Finals. Golden State Warriors guard Clay Thompson listed as questionable with a high left ankle sprain. And the NBA has just announced the officiating crew for tonight's game two. It will consist of Mike Callahan, Derek Stafford, and David Guthrie. And one final note in Major League Baseball, the Baltimore Orioles announced that today's game with the Yankees has been postponed due to inclement weather. Dan and Michael. Thank you very much, Isaac. We are coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. We talked about fantasy football earlier on the show. Yeah, buddy. Summer of fantasy football has officially begun here on Fox Sports Sunday. And every Sunday from here until week one of the NFL season, we will be bringing you some sort of fantasy football information at one point during Fox Sports Sunday. It is a given. It is a tradition that we continue. That also includes in two weeks where the U.S. Open takes place, and I'll be broadcasting live with us covering the U.S. Open. I'll be at Shinnecock Hills Golf Club, and we'll be taking in the United States Open, and it will be hopefully weather permitting, which everything should be should be good to go. 
getting ready for a final round of the USO, but just like we're getting ready and, and taking in the final round of the Memorial. But it's amazing and how fast the summer can can sneak up on you that the U.S. Open, U.S. Open week, heck, less than two weeks away. Summer is coming. Still two and a half weeks of school here in Southern California. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Uh, they did all their open houses. They've tapped out. But it, exciting that we start thinking about the summer events, and obviously it leads to midsummer when we start getting into training camp and NFL teams arriving. But in the interim, you get golf front and center, yes. especially with Tiger Woods playing as well as he is at the moment. People inching up in their seats a little bit more, trying to trying to take it all in, and you know, if for nothing else, turn back the clock for a few minutes of their own and, world. And if you if you don't know, I've been doing a podcast on FoxSportsRadio.com. We've been bringing you portions of it over the last couple of weeks or so. The Road to the U.S. Open podcast is what it's called, and we've had guests from a wide variety of areas. And the episode that we are launching tomorrow, full promotion tomorrow, you can check it out on foxsportsradio.com today if you would like to listen to it, and I highly recommend it. It is with a guy that you may not know his name, but he will play a huge role in what happens at the U.S. Open when it plays at Shinnecock Hills coming up in less than two weeks. His name is John Jennings. He is the superintendent of golf for Shinnecock Hills Golf Club. John is my guest on episode four of the Road to the U.S. Open podcast, and I want to bring you this part because in the conversation that I had with John, I asked a simple question. He's got a crew, and they've got they've got their maintenance crew, and they've got volunteers totaling almost 200 people that are going to be taking care of the course, and that is John's job to make sure that the the grasses and the irrigation and, and everything is mowed to where it needs to be mowed. He is overseeing the actual grounds at Shinnecock Hills Golf Club. And when the U.S. Open starts really for him a week from tomorrow, I asked him what a normal day will be like for the maintenance crew on his staff. This is what a normal crew member will have to go through in prepping for the United States Open. Okay, if you are one of our staff or volunteers beginning on Monday, June 11th through, through uh, Sunday, June 17th, between 3 and 4 a.m. you're going to arrive at our uh, hospitality tent here at the maintenance facility, and we will treat you with coffee and pastries. At 4 a.m. I start speaking and, and lay out the day, daily plan on what we're going to do, throw out some bullet points, uh, talk about updates and anything that might be changing on the golf course as we're working there. 4.15, you're heading out on the golf course for morning maintenance, and that will entail mowing fairways, tees, greens, raking bunkers, blowing off debris, filling divots, changing hole locations, uh, and overall just getting the course uh, prepared. Uh, by typically 8 o'clock, we're back in the maintenance facility. We'll clean up the equipment, uh, get it adjusted, uh, break for breakfast, and then uh, resume. Uh, we'll have a few people stick around during the day and just take care of anything that needs to be addressed on the golf course. And at 4 o'clock, we reconvene. Uh, we meet for dinner from 4 to 5, and then at 5 o'clock, we all head out on the golf course for evening maintenance, uh, uh, again, preparing the golf course twice a day. So it's a long period of time. Um, our, and I'm going to bring up our technicians and the mechanics that are here. They are adjusting uh, almost 100 mowers twice a day to make sure that they're cutting properly. Uh, as soon as they come back in, every mower is looked reviewed and adjusted and uh, made, we make sure that it's going to cut to the absolute best that it can before it goes back out on the golf course. So and we're going to do that again, you know, Monday through the 11th through uh, Sunday the 17th. It's just repetition. That was John Jennings, superintendent of Shinnecock Hills Golf Club. 
3 a.m. calls to work. All right, get here by 4 o'clock. We're going to get this thing going. Go through the whole process in the morning. Come back in, have a little break. They can't do a lot when play's going on, so that's when they get their break. But then when play starts to wind down later in the afternoon and and holes aren't being used anymore because players have gone through, then it all starts again, and then they got to do it eight hours later and be back in the course and get ready for everything. It's, it is an amazing turnaround for guys that if you attend a U.S. Open, you may not see because you get there only when the players are on the course. And it's amazing undertaking. As he mentioned, he's going to have a staff of about 200 to help him, uh, with volunteers included, to help them get this course ready. But it is going to be a crazy week. And uh, I hope you take a listen because it is a great behind-the-scenes look at what goes into putting on a U.S. Open. Be tweeted out at Dan Byron Fox, at Fox Sports Radio. Obviously retweeted at Swollen Dome. You know, the interesting thing, I think the follow-up question then becomes, Dan, do you get to do a, a run-through where you bring in a couple thousand extras and some people to simulate golfers <laughs> so you can simulate conditions and turnarounds just to see what kind of reaction you would get? Hey, I, can we can we get you know an open casting call and you get a free lunch? <laughs> let's go to, yeah, let's do our walk-through. Everybody can come out for a day. This will be our pretend day. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah I'm sure that John would love to have that. It's just not available to them. It is crazy. Think about it. I mean, heck. We are, for them, we're a week away. Practice rounds will be taken. Right. Heck, Tiger Woods showed up at Shinnecock Hills uh, about a week ago just to get a uh, to get a practice round in, and other guys, I'm sure, have as well and went to take a look at the course. But it gives you a behind-the-scenes look. John dives into to what they, they did with the course, changes, weather, what it takes to put on a championship like this, what they've learned from other U.S. Open. So if you're, if even if you're not a golf nut, it is a great, behind-the-scenes look at what goes on in putting on a national championship from a spot that if you show up at a tournament, you may not even know that they're there. It's pretty amazing. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. Mike, they can get you at. Find me over at Swollen Dome. We've got the poll question that we put up for the day, uh, very simply stated, uh, going all the way through. How long do you take between laundering your bath towels? Uh, please chime in at Swollen Dome. Our good buddy, Brady Papinga, who was here on Fox Sports Radio, says, because I mentioned the hard shell taco washcloth, he says, you reminded me of the days in high school and we wouldn't do laundry for six to eight months. That may be a world record for Brady Papinga, but that is what we are getting at here. Do you wait a, do you, do you wait a couple of days? Do you go a whole week without washing the bath towel? We want to know. Get the poll at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox. Coming up next, history could be made this week, and it has nothing to do with the NBA Finals or Stanley Cup Final. We'll explain next on Fox Sports Sunday. There's a better way to buy home insurance with Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer, too. Get a custom quote and a great rate all online. See for yourself how much you could save at Progressive.com. It is Fox Sports Sunday on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. Huge, huge week coming up in the world of sports. And again, then the next week after, as we could continue to have the NBA Finals, could have some Stanley Cup Final coming up a week from now, continuing. And, and World Cup's coming. World Cup is coming. No U- U.S., but the U- World Cup's coming. <laughs> and then the U.S. Open. And yeah. I just tweeted a link to the podcast that – we just launched for episode four of the Road to the U.S. Open podcast. The goal 
when setting out to do this. Do about five or six interviews that tackle all different angles, whether it be from the the core superintendent, as we just did with John Jennings, two-time champ with Lee Jansen on, Doug Gim, one of the top amateurs in the world who's going to be taking Jeff Hall from the USGA, all a bunch of different angles. And we've got even more in store coming up uh, as we get up, lead up to the U.S. Open that I'm excited about, so it's something that you're going to want to uh, tune into. You can find it on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox, and you can get Mike on Twitter as well at Swollen Dome and weigh in on the poll question that he put up. How often do you, How much do you have to use the bathroom towel before you actually wash it? It is a dilemma that, I, that I've had because my wife gets on my case, and I realized, I think, on the towel that I'm using right now, guys, I'm, I'm at about... Probably day six. There maybe you go. A, maybe a day seven. You're a rebel, Dan Byer. Yes, yes. And I'm thinking it probably at about the end of its run. So I voted in the four to seven day camp. I am definitely not a two day or a three day guy. No way, no how. Currently, the poll at Swollen Dome on Twitter 18% one to two days, 27% in a three to five. Then I gave it a little longer range of the four to seven, figuring end of work week and you get into the weekend. Maybe you have a little bit of time, especially if you're still feeding a machine and don't have one in your house. Uh, that's, that's leading the clubhouse at 33%, uh, a frightening 22% going into a second week. <laughs> and Brady Papinga did a six to eight month. You've got that. That is it. That would be option J on the list if you could give options. Let's dive into Harmon's bag of fun, and hopefully we don't find dirty laundry. We find uh, clever and interesting stories. Perhaps this one, uh, well, a little dirty laundry that's going to be aired out uh, in the Bronx. A Bronx principal is playing the ponies, tweeting about his bets during the school day, according to a complaint <laughs> filed on behalf of fed-up teachers who want to put him out to pasture. How do you like that? That's a pretty good line. This comes out of the New York Post. Stephen Schwartz on the article uh, that uh, – well, actually, he's it's Thomas Gast on the photo. Stephen Schwartz is the principal in question. At least 25 tweets he posted during the 2017-2018 school year show that the head of PS24 in Riverdale spends many mornings and afternoons following the horse races. Uh, they even have a blog link to where he's giving paramutual wagering <laughs> advice along the way. Quote, this whole thing work thing kills my Twitter time, he allegedly posted in on May 16th under the username Al Bundy Polkai. Yes, <laughs> at Al Bundy Polkai, a Twitter account that was deleted on Friday morning. But a whistleblowing educator acting on behalf of several teachers at the school filed a complaint against Schwartz with the Special Commissioner of Investigation for City Schools. I just want to know, was he winning? Because if he was winning, then he could show a system and perhaps teach people a usable, workable skill in their lives. And, and where was this? This is in New York. This is in the Bronx. Sure. There's no way he's making any after-school meetings because of the ponies out on the West Coast that he could end up That's betting it. On. You go all the way through. But yeah, that's. I just tweeted out a link to this article uh, at Swollen Dome. It's uh, it's pretty good. <laughs> Asked if he was placing bets during school hours. He replied, no, I wasn't. So he might have just been giving handicapping advice for the night's card <laughs> on school time. Oh, win, place, or show as Here, the principal. Yeah, exactly. Here's a good line in the, the column. Yeah, you know, showing they, they were doing this with a tongue-in-cheek performance. A post reporter confronted Schwartz Friday outside his uh, school and he immediately jockeyed for an exit. Oh, very <laughs> there good. There you go. Very good. Yeah. He should bet on any horse named Homeroom or Detention. Lay it all, put it all on that pony. Uh, speaking of, I don't know, ponies and letting it ride and, I don't know, making some bets, it's time for us to 
parlay all the time. Yeah, buddy. Last One of those week, great times. Yes, last week we we made predictions. We do this every week. We make predictions. We look back to see how we fared on those predictions because we tried to guess what would happen on events during the week. Ryan Dennis, our executive producer, Mike Harmon, and myself, Dan Beyer, tried to predict who would be playing in the NBA Finals, who would be leading the series in the Stanley Cup Final, and where Tiger Woods would be at the Memorial after three rounds of play. So we know it's the Cavs Warriors. We know that the Caps are up on the Golden Knights. And Tiger was actually tied for eighth entering today's final round. Let's hear how we did a week ago. All right. As much as I hate to uh, go against LeBron, I think it's going to be Warriors and Celtics in the NBA Finals. Ooh. I'm going to go with Alex Ovechkin and oh, the call, Washington Ryan. Capitals leading. And then I think I think Tiger's going to be top 10. Oh, not bad. There not you bad. go. Call. Cavs, Warriors, Caps, top 20. I am going to go Celtics-Warriors. I'm going to stick with that. I think that the Golden Knights will lead the Stanley Cup Finals. And I believe that Tiger Woods, in a track that he loves, the Memorial, and he's familiar with, will be in the top eight. Hey, how about that? That's on the head. That's on the head. Only to be out. We will be on Tiger Watch. Did you bet that? No, I did not. And, And I'll tell you what. Harmon hit the parlay. So, all right. There we go. Three for three. Right. Got there we Cavs, go. Warriors, Caps, and Tiger was in the top 20. This week, guys, we are predicting, are the NBA Finals over? Is the Stanley Cup Final over? And does Justify win the Triple Crown by winning the Belmont on Saturday in New York? Ryan Dennis, you are up first. The NBA Finals will not be over. Ooh. The Stanley Cup will not be over. And Justify will win the the tri- Triple Crown. I will say this. The NBA Finals would be through Game 4, so it would be a sweep for the Warriors. Stanley Cup Final, I believe, through Game uh, game 5, because there would be a Game 6 Sunday. And then, yes, Triple Crown on Saturday. Right on. Great news. Here's a quick way you can save money. You can switch to Geico. Get yourself over to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. I'm going to be real quick and easy here. Two letters all the way down. No. No, I'm not ready for summer to begin. So the finals will continue. The final will continue. The Golden Knights will will continue their battle, and then justifies getting beaten. Finals won't be over. Stanley Cup final won't be over. But there will be a triple crown winner, and my pick will be justified next week. We'll see you then. At Bed Three Six Five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.